Today on the Main Quest Podcast, it's the Legend of Zelda. Welcome to the Main Quest Podcast. This is the number one gaming podcast that relieves the pain associated with your burning bush. I am, of course, your host, Keith. And with me today, from the Potation Rotation Studios, located in the breezy village of Bianco Hills. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's my pseudo co-host, my pseudo co-host Paul. We'll be, Hi. We'll be talking about a fairly well-known game today. Uh, you might you might have heard of it, uh, so this might be your first episode. Uh, what I am doing on this show is replaying every single game that I have owned from uh, the NES through the Xbox 360, sort of, and trying to determine if I still like those games, uh, if they still hold up, and if you aren't familiar with the game, uh, maybe even give you a little nudge to either play it or throw it out the window. Paul, what have yes. you been playing? Uh, what have you been avoid avoiding uh, playing? And uh, I don't know. what's What the fuck is going on with you? Um, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Yes. This recording, of course. Well, I mean, the recording... <laughs> I got to get my shit together. I'm really still super tired, too. But... Um, as of this recording, you know, it's been out for a few days as of the episode. It's still been out for a few days. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not like super far in, but it's, it's funny because every time I, um, I exit the game and, uh, want to check my progress, I'm like four and a half hours in and 1% of the game is completed. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah. Are you doing yeah. like just side quests and roaming I'm, I'm around kinda or doing, trying to I'm kind of doing it? a little bit of both. I'm kind of doing a little bit. So like I'll, I'll follow the mainline, you know, uh, objective. And then like, if I'm like, Oh, this woman's getting beat up by some dude, I'm going to go, you know, shoot his ass and save her. Like I'll do that. And like, um, there's also, uh, the police department can pay you for kind of helping them do jobs too. And so um, I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, because, you know, I don't spoil stuff for myself. But also, I honestly have no more interest in this game anymore uh, after mm -hmm. hearing some of the things about it. Um, and it's not even the bugs and glitches that turn me off from it. I, this this game suffers the same fate to me as The Last Guardian did, where it's like I've been waiting around so long for this game that I just I just kind of lost interest in it. And yeah, um, this was this was a game that I pre-ordered back when it was announced like 14 months ago. And I, and I can't believe like every time I go on my, um, like my Amazon account where I usually pre-order stuff, um, like for like 14 months, it kept on saying that I had this open order. I'm like, what the, you know, and I keep forgetting every now and then what, what it was. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. It's cyberpunk and it keeps getting delayed. And <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, first heard of the game, of course, in 2012 and I, you know, I, there's this pot I'm going to. Uh, shout out this podcast I listened to, this RPG podcast called um, Acts of the Blood God. And they kind of did like a deep dive uh, history on CD Projekt Red. 
Mm-hmm. And even though the game was announced and shown off a little bit in 2012, CD Projekt Red didn't actually start development on the game until 2017. Right. Which is so bad. That, that's so that's such a mismanaged way to market a game and everything. Um, but again, going back to what I was saying, because again, I, I generally just stay away from any spoilers or whatever. I, I just kind of got like a, a simple overview of what the game was. But what I wanted to ask you, because you're not an RPG guy, like there were two things this year that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were like, I want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I want to get cyberpunk. Right. And at the time, I wasn't quite sure what cyberpunk was going to be. You know, uh, CD Projekt Red is famous for the Witcher series, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of expecting something along the lines of that, which it really isn't. Um, so from what I've seen, is it kind of like, to me, it kind of looks like, gta with some rpg mechanics in it is that more or less kind of what it is that is a fair assessment um as far as the gta part of it i haven't really been much involved first of all it depends upon what faction that you pick your character to start with so um like for example if you start as a nomad i i've been watching other people stream as well just as long as they're not you know because everybody's decision making is going to be different uh so you're not going to get the same product um every time but uh like so if you start as a nomad you kind of start out like out in the outskirts in the desert and you start out by driving a car for example uh mm-hmm. with me that wasn't the case that's not the the path i i chose um i have been uh in cars both as a driver and as a passenger as a driver, I had an option at one point to kind of like drive away from a situation or just kind of like put my hands in the air and be like, okay, you know, I'll just listen to you and whatever you want to do. And I kind of decided to go that route because I'm kind of building like an anti-hero type character, like somebody that's going to be like kind of like real kind of cool with with the questionable crowd and will still kind of like help the innocent at the same time. And I have gone up to cars where I could hijack a car, but then that's going to probably, I don't know what, I don't know what would happen. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, because I, I'm afraid. Oh, wow. So you can even just, you can open you can up a car and, and, and really pull just somebody cars. out. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea that was, even, so it really kind of is like GTA. Yeah. yeah I just haven't Holy done shit. that yet because I don't know how that's going to affect what my current goal, uh, is. So, so yeah. Um, and then it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of dialogue. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of dialogue. Um, I, I I'm starting to notice glitches um, even in the playing it on the PS5. Um, is the dialogue like good? Is the dialogue it's good? Bad, but there's just a lot. Just... There's a lot of information. There's a there's a ton of information being thrown at you. Um, and then you've got different. Um, like options for how you're going to respond to people's dialogues. Like you can have like one, so there's no option at all. You just have to press the the square and that's going to be your response. Or you can have two or three. I've seen four. And depending upon how you answer, 
is how the conversation goes, keeps continuing on. However, right. sometimes you'll pick something that the game is just like, well, I mean, you picked it. It doesn't really matter that you picked it. So we're going to go back and get rid of that option and still leave you with the other options because you still have to pick the right one to keep going. So that's kind of oh, like a waste of time. Stupid. Yeah. That's, that yeah. Yeah. So that's a waste of time. Um, I'm trying not to like talk to all the NPCs, uh, because you can do that. Sometimes you can, uh, either just by pressing square and you get just like very small amounts of dialogue, or you can like bump into them and they'll be like, Hey, what the fuck's your problem? You know? And yeah, from what <laughs> I heard, the NPC stuff is weak. It is, uh, especially compared to the Witcher. It, it, it's kind of hard not to compare this game to the Witcher because that's really the only other thing that CD Projekt Red has done. Yeah, so that's that's also one of the things that I was just kind of like, man, if there's no world building, like, what am I what am I playing this game for? That's just me. That's just my opinion. I I like the nerdy, super deep RPG shit. So yeah, yeah, and I mean you've got. I mean, the RPG elements that I've, I've found so far is, you know, some enemies are going to be more powerful than others. You might have to do some kind of trickery with hacking around the environment to distract them so that you can get mm -hmm. an edge on uh, attacking. Um, of course, uh, there's stealth plays a role uh, in it. Um, you've got like a weapon cache that uh, there's like a room inside your apartment where you can like store shit. And then you can also like certain clothing provides upgrades to armor and stuff like that. So um, some of the character builds I've seen look absolutely ridiculous, like in a, in a good way, <laughs> like a lot of the uh, armor and costumes and stuff looks absolutely <laughs> goofy as shit. How often do you even get to see that stuff while you're playing? Because it's a, it's a first person. And anytime you find uh, a, a first mirror, person game. yeah. Anytime you find a mirror, you have an option to look in a mirror to see what your character looks like. And what's funny is one of the glitches I found on my last gameplay was I had changed my clothes. So I was supposed to have like a jacket on and a certain pair of boots. And I changed my jeans, I think. And I put on a hat and then I went into the bathroom to go check it out. And she was still wearing what she was wearing when I started the game. I'm like, what? Like, and I know Are there, um, when there's when there's cutscenes, do they show your character or is it always just kind of in first person? Uh, it's it's always been in first person. Yes. Oh, yeah. So even in okay. cutscenes, but that's the that's the beauty of it. Like in a cutscene, you still have control. So like if yeah. you're sitting there in a car and you're talking to somebody during a cutscene, you can look at them, then you can look out the window, then you can you know look out the the windshield, and you can look back at them, then you can look at the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, it feels yeah. very natural, which is kind of cool. Um, and, and so I guess, like, with the bugs and glitches, I guess my question is, is it, like, unplayable? Is it ruining anything for you? No, it's just ridiculous. Like, um, there's this character. You're, you're playing on your PS5, right? I am, yes. Just to be clear. So okay. it's it's not as glitchy as from what I've heard if you play it on a PS4 or a PC. Yeah. And apparently playing it on an Xbox Series X is even better from what I understand than playing on a PS5. But um, anyway, yeah, like this character, uh, Jackie, he's been hanging around with me a lot lately. And there was one point where I was um, taking a, a character, some nude woman, I think her name was Sarah or something. She was like naked and she was glitching out uh, from a bathtub, ice full of ice water bathtub. 
And, um, and I told him to like, you know, look out at the door because we didn't know if there was like any other people that are going to come looking for us. And he's standing there and he's got his arm up and he's got his finger and his thumb in a position like he's supposed to be holding a gun, but there's no gun in his hand. <laughs> so it, yeah, yeah. So he was supposed to have a gun, but there's no gun in his hand. Um, I've had characters um, that were dead on the floor. And then if you accidentally hit them, their limbs all become discombobulated and looking like T's or something like that, which are they just going to like a T pose or something? Yeah, T pose. Yeah. And I heard that that was like a problem with the game. Um, yeah. I've also talked to NPCs and their mouths wouldn't move. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I've played plenty of buggy uh, RPGs and games and stuff. Uh, I'm no, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Um, I'm very familiar you know, with Bethesda games, Bethesda games are by tradition, garbage, hot garbage when they're released. And most of the time they continue to be hot garbage years after uh, they're released. And uh, I got Witcher 3 when it launched that had tons of problems in it, but I still played it. And obviously it's probably one of the best RPGs ever made. It's a very great game at this point. And I'm sure like a year from now, Cyberpunk will probably be a really good game. Um, it's just uh it's too bad that they rushed this thing out, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, did they though? <laughs> I mean, from from inception 7 years ago, did they really rush it out? <laughs> well, sure they could have started development back then, but I mean, what? It's only been 3 years since they actually started making the game. So I mean, they they could have actually worked on it for 8 years <laughs> instead of I think uh, I started it. I, you know what? I, I'm going to give them a pass. I mean, so far, so far, I've I've been fine with it. I mean, I, yeah, you know, the glitches are okay. There hasn't been anything that's been like, oh, you know, made it not playable. That has not been uh, the case for me yet. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I did the first day update, and then even like. Two days later, when I went back to it, there was like another update. So they're they're working on it, and that's that's cool. Of course, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm completely fine with them finally getting out. People were like, you know, like having the uh, the the they needed their fix, and they're like scratching their necks, like oh, give me some of that cyberpunk. And so they're like, you know, yeah, okay, fine, we'll, we'll let it we'll let it out, and and they're supporting it, and uh, that's fine. I mean, as long as it's playable, I don't care right now how i mean i know it's supposed to be like better on a I next hope, gen but it's fine i just hope that i just hope the devs get to go home at some point and sleep in their beds and have a hot meal you know because holy shit like the crunch with cd project red is it's such a catch-22 with these fucking companies because it's like yeah they make great games but holy shit do they treat their employees terrible <laughs> you know so yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, everything I've seen about this game I was like that that looks and sounds like a pretty okay game, but I just don't have any interest in it anymore. Oh well, yeah, I don't uh, know. Which is unfortunate. I'm probably not going to do any kind of side quest. I heard you can get if you do just the main line and get it you can you can get the game done in like 20 hours or something like that. That's what I heard. I don't know how true that is, but I, I do, I did pick up uh ghost of Tsushima finally because it was on sale. Ah, so I want to, that's another pretty okay game. Mm, pretty okay. Huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. the fans think it's better than some other game that 
that totally swept the awards the other night. But um, speaking of uh, uh, companies that uh, harass their employees, Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I have Ghost of Tsushima. I stopped playing it after like six hours. I have no interest in finishing it. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I got really bored with it. It's I'll say it now. It It's just really easy. Mm hmm. And there are just some mechanics to that game where I was like, in any other open world game, they would have not done the things that Ghost of Tsushima did. Like, for instance, I wasn't doing like any quests or really any side quests. I was just kind of roaming around the map, uh, just finding stuff to do. And I came across this town that had a bunch of Mongols in it, and I wiped them all out and was looting the town or whatever. And then like 10 minutes later, I went to go do a quest. And coincidentally, that quest led me back to the town that I had just cleared of enemies, and the town was filled with enemies again. I'm <laughs> just like, uh, okay, well, a way to break the immersion, like, yeah, right? right? Like, in any other game, I would have got the quest, and then immediately the quest would have been completed <laughs> because I already did it, right? Um, so I was, that was like kind of like the, the first nail in the coffin for me, but then like. I don't know. I maybe it's my fault because I didn't really I wasn't really doing any of the quests. So it's kind of my fault because I was leveling my character up without doing anything and then by the time I got to the quests, my character was so strong that pretty much nothing could stop him and so combat was completely irrelevant and I just I just got really bored with it and I just stopped playing it. So interesting. Yeah, it's kind of my own fault so i guess if you're gonna play it i would just stick to the quests and not really do anything else maybe okay i don't know um other than that for me i've just been playing a lot of tetris for reasons i've, I've got a live show coming up um for that which i'll talk about um, at the end of the at the end of this show uh, but first i'm gonna get to this email that i got Actually, last night, it's a hot email. I had to handle it with some oven mitts. It's it's came in so hot. Um, it's an email from Ethan. And oh yeah, Ethan, yeah, good old Ethan. Yeah, what's he's, up, Ethan? He's calling me out. I him, I, I know him as Easy E, like the rapper. Well, no, just Ethan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, calling me out on my on the shit that I said on Super Mario Brothers two. Uh oh. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's it's not a positive email, but it's not negative either. Um, as long as he didn't call me out, then I'm cool. We're good, Easy E, you and me. I'm, I'm, I'm pounding my chest <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, you guys, pounding my yeah, chest, you guys are, <laughs> yeah, you guys seem to be pretty cool. Um, he has takes issue with my recommendation, or lack thereof, or, well, the other way around. Uh, Ethan says you didn't recommend Krusty's Funhouse because it's not an original game. Super Mario Brothers Two isn't an original game, but you recommended it. Mm. What logically makes your argument sound? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shit, dang! A little bit of fire in that email. Um, Ethan, first of all, thank you for listening. Thanks for writing in. Appreciate it. Somebody suggested that uh, I award these games after I after we break them down uh, right. experience points, kind of like a number based system. 
to rate these games. And so I am retroactively giving Krusty's Funhouse zero experience points. <laughs> Shit. And Super Mario Brothers 2, I am giving 500 experience points, and it's going to level up to Super Mario Brothers can I just, 3. Can I just... Can I just throw in there that the the Super Nintendo version of Krusty's is so much better of a game. Like, honestly, I know you you did that game because you said that you rented it with your friend or something on the NES. Yeah. Uh, I remember renting it for the Super NES, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. The Super NES version is a lot better. I'm just throwing that out there. I'll give that one about a thousand. <laughs> 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 yeah, I hope this I hope this point system clears uh everything up here. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're two completely different games. I mean, I, you can't even compare the two. So, I'm not even not it's it's not that deep, man. It's not that deep. <laughs> um and so I guess while we're talking about emails, there's another email that I want to get into, but first Let's introduce the game that we played for today's show. And what what game was that? What game did we play? Uh, that would be the OG Legend of Zelda. You're goddamn right. get into our personal connections with the game i'm going to start with this review uh someone sent me uh, a few weeks ago and it's not really a review but this person sent me like a like a their personal connection with the game which fits in with this part of the show and of course you guys can do that as well when i'm ready to start playing a game I'll post what I'm playing on Instagram and ask for your experiences with the game that I'm playing. The Instagram account for the show is The Main Quest. I always ask for a DM or an email, and that email address is mainquestpod at gmail.com. And this email comes in from Michael... You know Michael, right? No, no, I don't. No, no Mike. Oh, I thought Mike and I. Don't. I thought you. No, we don't. We and, don't go. Uh, back. I don't know. I don't know him, who that fool is at all. I thought you and uh, who's that other guy? Ethan, Easy E. <laughs> I thought you guys ran a, ran a group together. No, 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 no. All right. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna read this up top here instead of towards the end of the show, um, just because it kind of fits in uh, with our personal connections to the game. Well, it just it just fits in into this section of the show in general. Mm. Um, and also it's just, I mean, man, it is incredibly w- re- uh, well-written and well-thought-out. And um, 
I think it really puts in perspective what the Legend of Zelda was in uh, 1986. So Michael says, I may be a bit older than your average list listener. And so not what, to give my age away. Is he 15? I think I, I, my, dev, my demographic is like 20 to like 35 or something. So well, I remember what I said on, uh, on, on, I think it was uh, a license of drink episode. I said, my demographic is like, like 49 to 64. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right. I'm start over. <laughs> I may be a bit older than your average listener and not to give my age away. I was a teenager when the original legend of Zelda was released. So there you go. He was. He's only he's only a few years older than, than I am. Between sounds like he could be between thirteen and twenty. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the NES was my very first console, and I saved months worth of allowance from shoveling neighbors' driveways to mowing lawns, only to find out I had just enough for the console, but not the game that I wanted. That elusive, mysterious golden box sitting on the shelf, The Legend of Zelda. To my surprise, my dad took pity on me and knew how hard I worked just to get the console. He then asked the woman at the counter of the local Toys R Us to grab a copy of the game. I remember coming home that weekend, setting the console up, and booting it up for the first time. If it wasn't for the title screen and the music that followed it, I don't know if I would still be participating in a hobby typically relegated for children. Whoa. That's kind of like a burn there. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently he hasn't played Cyberpunk 2077 yet. <laughs> and the franchise is my favorite. The game has an open map, and it's up to you whether or not you want to explore it. You have to be very smart in how you engage enemies because Link is limited to short jabs, which forces you to be precise in combat. Damn, there's still two more paragraphs. Stumbling across dungeons I hadn't been to yet, or hearing whispers on the playground of a sword only found in the graveyard, it was rumors like this and the occasional borrowing of my friend's Nintendo Power Map that kept me glued to my TV in an attempt to slay the evil pig wizard Ganon and rescue the princess. It might be hard to come back to now, but the things this game did and the blueprint it laid out for the rest of the series should really be admired and celebrated. It is and was one of the most unique experiences a child could have on a home console and instilled the greatest sense of adventure without leaving the living room. Shit. Well, he just said everything I was going to say at the end, so I'm done. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the May Quest Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to have Michael on. I know, uh, at Jesus some point. Christ. Maybe for maybe maybe for Zelda too, because I ain't playing, I ain't replaying that game. Maybe he's he's got a better fond memory of Zelda too. Like this dude has like single handedly given this show like a new sense of credibility. <laughs> uh, I think he raised the bar for those fucking listener reviews I, I typically get. Also, like holy shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted it. Thanks so much for writing in. Like, that was really awesome to read. Really blows my personal experience out of the fucking water with this game. I, yeah, I, I just really wanted to read that here instead of at the end of the episode. 
uh, just in case Paul and I aren't really making a good case for the game. Mm -hmm. I think you might have more positive experiences than I did with the game, but I guess I guess we'll find out. So yeah, again, thanks, Michael, for submitting that. It was fucking. It was really phenomenal. Um, so before we actually move on, real quick, uh, because Breath of the Wild is kind of a spiritual successor to this game, and if you listen to this show, uh, you will know that I have a hot take or two, or three or four on that game, and so. Every time I bring up Breath of the Wild, I am forcing myself to take a shot. I have a nice bottle of tequila here sitting beside me, and um, it's going to kind of be my my barrier because I I don't want to go off on a tangent on this episode and and like you know go off the rails bashing Breath of the Wild because I will, I will, and uh, so either this this episode's gonna. <laughs> Ed with me sweating profusely and like shaking in anger with like veins popping out of my forehead or I will be dead from massive amounts of alcohol consumption. <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's there. This, this bottle is just a reminder of be like, Keith, don't, don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't poke the bear. <laughs> so finally let's you and I get into it. Uh, you were probably a little bit younger than Michael, who knows uh, when this game was released. What was your experience with The Legend of Zelda? Yeah, I mean, just a just a little bit, just a tad. But uh, you know, I, I kind of, why does it? Why does my age always come into play on this fucking show? God damn it! I don't know, man. He brought it up. Um. Yeah. Anyway, blame him, man. Anyway, so I was um like ten years old when this game came out, and I really wanted it badly. So I needed the money, and I started hooking on the streets. Uh, because cutting lawns was, you know, is blase. No, seriously though, I, I was 10 when it came out and, uh, I remember leading up to its release that the coolest thing about this game was it was gold. So you started seeing pictures of it and it's this gold box and this gold cartridge. Um, it really kind of didn't matter what the game was to me and my friends. We kind of just wanted it because it looked cool. The cartridge. I got it for my birthday. Uh, and I think, uh, it was pretty close to when it came out, it came out August 22nd here. Oh, so okay. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I got it for my birthday. Um, and I remember I was like, yes, I got this gold. You know, I opened it up and it was like gold. I was like, fucking yeah, this is like sweet, you know, and played the game and I wasn't that excited at the time. Uh, it was so different, you know, like I was used to either playing something that was like an arcade type game donkey Kong, donkey kong uh bubble bobble mr do shit like that or you know the side scrolling mario brothers for example super mario brothers uh cuz nobody plays regular mario brothers i think i think i might have said something like that on your instagram who the fuck plays mario brothers so i already forgot all about that of course you did um so anyway uh yeah i you know I, I can't remember I can't remember who of all my friends in my circle actually had it versus me bringing it over then borrowing it or whatever but it got to the point where uh you know it was difficult for us back then and so we would have to come together and try to figure things out most of the time 
uh, people came over to my house because I still remember uh, the map that Michael brought up as well was uh, unfolded and taped to my bedroom wall. And the map was it like a was it like a detective agency where you had like string and like tacks all over the place? Like, all right, now if I bomb this wall, go over here. Uh, <laughs> Post-it notes everywhere. No, you smoking cigarettes and drinking cups out of cups of coffee out of solo cups. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> like that. And I don't. And it's it's a blur because I know that there's games where I've had maps before, and then like certain. I don't know if they were objectives or maybe things that I found, like I would mark with a marker. I might have done that with mm-hmm. Zelda, the Zelda map. I know I've done that with other games, maps, Yeah, growing yeah. up. But yeah, so, I mean, I had the map at my house. And that was also the first game where, yeah, I'm not going to lie, um, did call the 900 Nintendo hotline for tips and tricks and hints. Um, yeah. until I got yelled at for doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it was, it was a game that I really, 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 really wanted to try to finish all the way back then. It just didn't happen at that time. So, and I don't know that any of my friends did. I think we all just kind of moved on eventually from it, but, um, I always went back to it. I always went back to it and, Honestly, like, <laughs> I went back to that more often than I did Zelda 2 because I, I as I mean, well, I don't want to, in this case, I am a part of that show. I, I'm not going to say much about that <laughs> right now, but, but, uh, it was, I really did, um, fall in love with the game eventually. And I think, that was after I played A Link to the Past, which I absolutely love, like to death. I love A Link to the Past. It was after A Link to the Past that I went back to Legend of Zelda and finished it. And uh, I kind of appreciated more after I did. I mean, because of the effort that you have to put into it. So it really kind of doesn't hold your hand at all. How how many years later was this? Um, well, you said after Link to the Past, right? I mean, right. I'd have to say it's probably. I mean, I was still in high school, so it had to be like, okay. yeah, it had to be like within like a three year so window, like five, five, yeah, years five probably, to seven, roughly. five to seven, okay. somewhere in there. My first real experience uh, wasn't until 2015. You mentioned the the gold cartridge, and I do remember as a kid seeing that gold cartridge and something about it made me stay away from it. Like it was like too special of a game. I was like, I saw it. And I'm like, this is a gold cartridge. This is fucking gold. Like that's kind of like intimidating. It's like, Oh, this, this game clearly is not for children, you know? And like, honestly though, like it, there was just something about it where I'm just like, this is like, this is like a treasure, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, you know, while we're talking about uh, cartridges and and artwork and stuff, we've mentioned it before. I think it might have been in the Mega Man episode, but like the differences between Japanese box art and Western uh, box art are quite different. You know, we we talked about, um, you know, we talked about Japanese box art specifically being much better uh, typically. But I think The Legend of Zelda is the exception here, like. 
the Japanese box art is still very good. Typically, it's still great. But something about the U.S. box art with the fucking the shield or like the coat of arms or whatever that is with like the symbols right. on it. Something about it just seems so like royal. Like it makes the game just seem really important. Like, like you know, like combined with that and the gold cartridge, like it just makes the game seem that much more special before you even fucking turn it on, you know? And um, I don't know. So like going back to like when I first actually played the game, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2014, I decided to play through every Zelda title. No, I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, no, I was kind of following. Yeah, because you um, you let me borrow Skyward, Skyward Sword. Sword. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. ringing a bell. And I decided to play them following the official timeline. So yeah, I started with Skyward Sword, and I ended with um. I actually don't know where I ended. I actually didn't. I didn't make it through all of the games actually because I went on to play the Final Fantasy games instead. But I did make it to the original uh legend of zelda well i mean and if you if you if you played all of them and followed a certain timeline you should have ended with zelda 2 that should have been your last game hmm. you remember that to, yeah i mean i did play zelda 2 maybe maybe that was the last one i ended with all right because um, i definitely have i played zelda 2 around that same time so that might have been it anyway yeah i you know, I I knew of the original Zelda. I, you know, have seen screenshots, watched playthroughs, not playthroughs, but I've seen videos. I knew all the memes and stuff. 2015 was my actual first time touching the game. And I remember texting you, telling you how amazed I was at the amount of freedom that you have in that game. Which, you know, at the time, you know, I was playing and I'm like, wow, this really was like the prototype for uh, you know the open world games that we now are familiar with and i remember thinking how absolutely weird it was that nintendo never ever returned to this kind of gameplay even you know after all the elder scroll games the the gta games world of warcraft the souls games witcher series i mean i don't i don't ever i don't need to go on i mean there's tons of open world games that were very popular, very successful, and they all continued to like push the boundaries of that type of gameplay while the Zelda series opted for like a more linear experience from like 1992 forward or whenever Link to the Past came out. Mm -hmm. At the time, because I wasn't, you know, restricted by uh, a podcast schedule or anything like that, I wasn't playing any of these games with a guide. And so I didn't play The Legend of Zelda with a guide. And it took me like a month to actually make any like real progress. And, you know, after doing like three or four dungeons, I kind of started to get pretty tired of the game. And ultimately, I think I I think I got to like dungeon seven and I just kind of gave up. Um both in the combination that I was just kind of like tired of playing it and also just the frustration of not knowing what I needed to do uh, because I, I did just hit hit a point where I could not 
make any more progress. And so replaying it for this show, I kind of remember that point where I was like, fuck this game. And I think it was Dungeon 8, 7 or 8. And there's that Moblin that's in there who needs food. Ah, yes. And I had no idea because all when you go up to him and all he's all he says is grumble, 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 grumble. grumble, grumble. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. And so you can't go anywhere. Right. And so I'm, you know, going around the overworld, bombing everything, running out of bombs, running out of rupees, just constantly grinding, just trying to find whatever the fuck I needed to find. Um, Eventually, I came across the final dungeon on accident uh, up in Death Mountain. And of course, I was like, well, I'm just going to see if I can beat the game without beating that dungeon. And you can't. You can't. Nope go any further into that dungeon if you don't have all the triforce pieces right and i think it was at that point when i was like well fuck it and i think you were like dude just look at a guide just look at a guide stop being stubborn or whatever and part of me was like well also looking through a guide is going to be work because you know who knows all the stuff that i ended up missing like i took probably such an op obtuse route around that game it, was, it would have been difficult to find exactly what i needed or where i needed to go because i was playing the game without a guide you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh so that would have just been work within itself as well and i was just like i'm just done i'm just gonna and i think yeah and i think that's when i kind of moved on to zelda 2 which we'll talk about when that episode comes out and so uh yeah needless needless to say uh playing it through the show i uh definitely used a guide this time around i actually didn't um didn't start playing this game until like monday actually so because i know i told you um like two weeks ago or whatever that i was not looking forward to coming back to this game Mm -hmm. so yeah it it took me a long time to even just start playing it for this show so Legend of Zelda is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo. Some people would go as far as to say that this was kind of Nintendo's first foray into the RPG realm, giving this game like a, a title of like a action RPG. And I think that's kind of debatable. What would you call this game? Would you say it's like an RPG or would you just straight up adventure game? Uh, I think it's I think it's a mix. I think it's a legit action RPG. I mean, you've got leveling up. You've got, you know, certain types. Mm. You do. You, You start with so much health, for example, and you've got to increase your health. You start with, you know, a a sword that does. Uh, a certain amount of damage and you collect other swords that do more damage. Same thing goes with your armor. Same thing goes with, you know, the power of your candle. I mean, it's, those are RPG elements and it's kind of the same for then 
attacking enemies you're gonna have enemies that if you if you just get that that first sword and you play the game with just that sword which i don't think and i don't know the answer honestly because i've never tried i don't think you can i don't think you can slash at ganon with just that regular sword just like you can't kill ganon with the regular bow and arrow or the regular arrow i should say but you know that's the thing is like you've got this element in the game of there's going to be enemies that are going to be tougher unless you level certain things up. You've got an, at least one enemy. No, you've got several enemies because then you get some enemies that like you can't destroy without bombs. Like you can't beat certain enemies unless you level up with certain weapons. I mean, it's those are RPG elements. Whether my my only pushback on that is that if we got to call we don't have to call but if somebody says that this is like an action rpg then i feel like you have to call metroid an rpg and nobody ever calls metroid an rpg um because it's I'm like, kind of this it's exactly the same kind of character progression right it is i agree but like nobody ever calls metroid an rpg <laughs> so <laughs> um it's it's actually miyamoto has been quoted uh, saying that um, he actually hates RPGs, which is interesting because um, <laughs> keep on bringing up Zelda 2, but Zelda 2 is more of an RPG than this game is. You know what I mean? But right. we'll talk about that on, on that episode. Well, I don't know if you're going to be on it or not. Uh, I would like to I would like to have <laughs> you on it. I, I would like to have you on the sequels of like these series gonna, like Mega Man and Mario. It's going to be a very whatever. angry episode if you have me on that one. <laughs> very angry. It'll just, you want to just do a power hour like Battletoads? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll do it. Glad I talked you into it. But yeah, I mean, we talked about Simon's Quest. I mean, Link's The Adventure of Link is basically that you know it's you gain experience points and you put those into certain attributes that help make link go grow stronger you know a lot of that takes from uh the other popular rpg franchises at the time you know dragon quest which i think uh came out just a little bit before the original legend of zelda so mentioned miyamoto the game was created and directed by shigeru miyamoto with some directing help from uh, designer Takashi Tezuka, uh, Miyamoto set out to make this game based on the adventures he had um, in his hometown, exploring caves and uh, forests and all that stuff, probably daydreaming about uh, rescuing a woman. So yeah, he made this game kind of based off of those RPGs uh, without, in my eyes, no semblance of any RPG mechanics other than just getting heart pieces, really. And then the last piece of the puzzle for the game is, of course, Koji Kondo, who composed the music for the game. He was planning on getting uh, the license for a piece of music and use it as the theme for Zelda, but learned that the copyright on it was still active and ultimately, at the last minute, had to improvise a piece of music, which is now, of course, what we know as the iconic theme heard throughout the entire series which is fucking crazy that's really quite amazing when you think about it and like personally um this series probably has some of my favorite music 
all of course, which has been done by Kondo throughout like the 30 plus years Zelda has been around, like 35 now or something. Um, we talked about it on the Super Mario Brothers episode. And I think, it, you know, now that, I, now that I've said that, I think it's kind of great that I've been able to reference so many previous episodes of this podcast. It's like there's like a a lush library of episodes. I don't now. want to call it lush. But All right. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda was developed side by side by Super Mario Brothers. Um, whatever didn't make it into Mario got tossed into the Zelda broth. And whatever Miyamoto didn't want in the Zelda broth, he tossed onto the Mario sandwich. What's a Mario sandwich? It's, that's like a... That's when princesses... It's like a meatball sandwich with uh, what kind of cheese would you... Oh, have? you're thinking actual food? Oh, I yeah. thought it was... I thought it was a... I thought I it was know. a... It's like lunch. I thought, I thought it was a threesome <laughs> with uh, the princess in between Mario and Luigi. But I guess not. You've been playing way too much cyberpunk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh the legend of zelda was developed for the famicom disc system which allowed players to save their progress uh since miyamoto wanted to make this game as open as possible he thought it was important for that save function to carry over to the cartridge-based famicom and nintendo nintendo that's not a fucking word <laughs> nintendo entertainment system and so Zelda was the first game cartridge issued with the battery that is used to save your game. I don't remember what the quote was verbatim, but Miyamoto said he declined to use a password system because he thought that that would ruin the sense of discovery for players. You know, starting out with certain items or heart pieces that they otherwise wouldn't have known existed would kind of uh ruin the atmosphere of the game ruin that it would just ruin that sense of adventure and there's so much on the development of this game it's it's kind of hard to know what's common knowledge and, and what isn't but i mean that's the basics you know as we get into the release dates uh coming up here uh the game actually almost wasn't released in the united states when it was brought over from Japan to get playtested, the U.S. testers had no idea what the hell was going on. You know, even with, um, you know, the their Japanese uh, counterparts and coworkers helping them, they couldn't fucking figure it out. And this was at a time when the game actually started you out with a sword, uh, which obviously we now know that you actually have to go off to find your find your sword. But yeah, American players just, they didn't fucking get it. And um, Nintendo thought that American players just would not have the patience to play this game. And they're, I don't know, they're kind of right. <laughs> um, but, you know, ultimately, obviously, this wasn't the case. And after uh, hours and hours of playing the game, the testers kind of started to grasp it and started to enjoy the game a little bit more. And so with that, The Legend of Zelda was released on February 21st, 1986 for the Famicom Disk System in Japan. While here in the States, it was released an entire year and a half later, August 22nd, 1987, and in November of 87 for Europe. Ready? 
since its initial release, The Legend of Zelda has been ported to the Famicom, playable on Animal Crossing for the GameCube, released on the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition for GameCube, the Game Boy Advance, Wii Virtual Console, Wii or Wii U Virtual Console, probably both, Nintendo 3DS, the NES Famicom Mini, and Nintendo Switch Online NES app. Fuck. <laughs> you can get this game everywhere. <laughs> I, I I played it on a potato. <laughs> I actually played it on the refrigerator, man. And then like You can do that. When you, I can, from, you can legit yeah. do that with those smart fridges now? Yeah. Yeah, and then when I when I moved from the refrigerator and went to go toast some bread for this Mario sandwich I was making, I, I went and played it on the toaster too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now gonna gonna switch it up here for these these zelda episodes because the franchise is a long and winding one um with each game you know each game has a story but for the most part it's a little open to interpretation a lot of these games uh you know back in the day i thought they were very similar to the final fantasy franchise with you know each entry uh, in the zelda series being you know kind of standalone that is until uh, 2011, when Nintendo made some poor intern tie all of these games together. So now there's a, a timeline that ties all 19 games, all 19 mainline games together. Now, whether it makes sense or is even necessary in the first place uh, is irrelevant because it exists and it is officially canon. No arguing about it. What do you mean? You argue about it all the time. <laughs> There's no arguing about it. I'm not going to argue about it. <laughs> it, it, it exists. <laughs> it is here. Whether I want it to be here or not. I mean, not that I, it's not that I don't want it to be here. It's just that it's, it's stupid. <laughs> so what I wanted to do before we start actually breaking down any Zelda game that we're talking about in particular, um, I want to start with a segment that I would like to call the Temple of Time line. You're the keeper of the timeline. You know all that there is to know about the timeline. I think you even got like the encyclopedia and shit uh, or whatever yeah, you want to um, call it. I've um, got a couple couple books. I've got the Encyclopedia and the Hyrule uh, Historia books. Yeah, yeah. So you you this is I mean Honestly, this is your franchise. I mean, I think you've said it on a previous episode. I mean, this is mm -hmm. where your expertise comes in. Um, so it's it's the first game of the Zelda series. It's, it's the first one that we're covering, of course. Uh, so give us an idea, a place, and a time for The Legend of Zelda. Um, well, The Legend of Zelda is actually... Well, so of the timelines and... I call it timelines because you can have a timeline of just the mainline games. You can have a timeline that includes the handheld games. You can have a timeline that also includes the game and watch games. You can have a timeline that includes the animated series. You can have a timeline that includes the Philips CDI games. So it depends upon which one you want to talk about. Um, and also, there's also a timeline that includes like some of the Japanese-only uh, Tingle games, believe it or not. Um, well, let me let me tell you something. Hey, that's my line. Let me <laughs> let me tell you something. I will be covering 
the mainline games, the mainline console games, and uh, the handheld games. So you can just go with that one. All right. Well, essentially, um, like you said uh, earlier, uh, when you decided to play the game, you started with uh, the games. You started with Skyward Sword, and that would be after the the the, the world's creation. Heaven and Earth is created. Uh, the era of the goddess um, Hylia is part of that's where Skyward Sword kind of fits in under the quote unquote legend of the gods and the hero of time. From there, um, you get down to uh, Ocarina of Time and that's where shit starts branching off. Okay. So in order to get to the legend of Zelda, and that's the thing, let me, let me just, let me just preface this. The reason why this all happened to begin with is because it got to a point where these games were being released and people were like, well, they're different, but they don't seem like to be the same like characters that we just played in the last one. Like the story is different. It seems like they're meeting for the first time. They don't know each other. Like, why is it like this? And, you know, initially Nintendo was like, oh, it's it's like it's just every every Zelda game that comes out is going to be like a new a new thing. Like, like press the reset button. No, 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 that can't be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll fucking make a timeline. Just like you said, they forced somebody to make a timeline. And the timeline has stuck, but, you know, and that's the thing. It's kind of like then you kind of get a slap in the face because it's all over the place. And now the fans, every time something comes out, the fans are like, which branch of this timeline is this game going to fall uh, under? So anyway, well, I think I think it's funny, too, because like between every game because there's clearly no concrete tie into like any of these games so like you know uh, skyward sword doesn't smoothly transition into i think minish cap is the next one because there just was no i mean it was a stand they're both standalone games and so i i like how uh between the events of the actual games they're just like nintendo's just like i don't know there was a war or something yeah between like were... every fucking game it's just like there was a yeah, war between skyward sword and <laughs> it's never it's never mentioned i think the only war that's ever really mentioned is in um a link to the past there there might have oh no obviously breath of the wild but right but like still like those are like the only two games out of like how many <laughs> like, right Anyway, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not here to talk shit. Right. No, as I look here, um, just going back to what you said, it looks like that there was I wouldn't say that it was a war. It looks like that there was just times of um, unrest that weren't exactly war, but um, like things looked bad or bleak and then things got better. And then the force era was Minish Cap. But anyway. Hold on. Before before you carry on, let me because you played the like the Warriors, the Hyrule Warriors games, right? Or did you just play? Never. I never played those. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. never mind. Because I was like, I feel like those games could honestly lend a good storyline for like be the in-between for like a story of a war because it's very Dynasty Warriors. It's very much you are just slashing through hordes of people, you know? And so, like, one of these made-up wars that Nintendo has made up to kind of connect uh, any one game, you know, those those games, those Hyrule Warrior games, could kind of could. tie those together. That'd be good. And they could. I mean, they might. 
I've never played any of them. I know nothing about them. That might be very well the case, but I don't know. I'm not looking at the timeline right now, so I don't know if any of those are placed anywhere. Uh, I, I have don't no idea. think that they, I don't think, no, those, those entries have never been canon and I don't know of any, I mean, I honestly, since um, Breath of the Wild came out, I haven't. Well, Age of Calamity is, is canon, right? Well, <laughs> it shouldn't be. Oh man. I better open up this uh, tequila bottle. <laughs> it, it, it it shouldn't be because I better stop because there's things that happen in that game, uh, storyline wise that and you can find uh, people on YouTube that have cut just all the entire story out of it and it's like a two and a half hour long movie. The things that you expect to happen that lead to Link uh, being in a sleep and. Uh, Ganon taking over the castle for a hundred, well, Calamity Ganon taking over Hyrule Castle for a hundred years doesn't exactly go the way you thought it would. So that's why I'm saying like it shouldn't be canon because that would open up a whole new timeline. We can't, we can't do that. We cannot, we cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let's no, no, let's get back to where yeah, we're getting. Yeah. We're supposed to get. Let's we're supposed to get back that. to Zelda. So the original Zelda. Let's leave that. <laughs> Yeah. So from uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, you've got you got two timelines. You got the one where he's uh, successful in defeating uh, uh, the Demon King Ganon, and then you got one where Ganon defeats uh, the hero. Now uh, the timeline we're looking at is the hero is defeated, um, and then you've got to go down. Now that's where like a war actually does take place between Ocarina of Time and A Link to the Past. You've got the Sealing War, uh, and then it goes on from there. If we're talking, uh, you said mainline only, or did you say the handhelds too? Uh, the handhelds, because I'm going to be doing Minish Cap okay. and Link's and Awakening. Link's Awakening. Stuff, yeah. Okay. Okay. So then you got Link's Awakening would be next. Um, and that is part of the era of light and dark. And then from there, uh, you'll get into the Oracle games uh, where Ganon is revived. Um, and then... What is actually a, di- uh, a direct sequel to A Link to the Past is A Link Between Worlds. As f- what? <laughs> Even though it's a, di- a direct sequel, you still got the Oracle games in between the two. So that's where some people get confused. They're not sure even where the Oracle games land. So, so what we're saying is right now, because you've been going down, down those games, The Legend of Zelda, although it is the first game that Nintendo made, it is not the first game in the timeline no it's like well you got the oracle games are basically two games uh so you'd have like one two three four five six seven eight nine is are you counting triforce heroes what the fuck is that okay i guess you're not uh <laughs> if you're not force heroes and it's like the 10th one in the timeline i'm definitely um, counting links across world training uh, for sure shut up um but it, uh link between worlds and then triforce heroes would be part of the the, the gold era and then the triforce because after the triforce heroes you got the triforce using uh, monarchy and then you go into the uh end of the decline where the triforce of courage is hidden and then from that point uh, you get into the timeline of the tr- what's called the tragedy of Princess Zelda the first uh, when the hero arrives late uh, because Ganon has uh, been revived and has kidnapped Princess 
uh, Zelda, that is where the Legend of Zelda then gets placed. <laughs> there you go. And keep in mind, you know, this game tells you none of that. Just to say that up front, there's no inkling of any of that in this game. So what you're telling me is that... fuck i don't know i don't want to talk about this fucking timeline we'll talk we'll talk about okay. it more when we get to link's adventure but we're just gonna that's less that's less yeah, weight than i have we're to just gonna for we're just episode. gonna have to Move yep, we're just gonna leave it there so you know i i said it already and you already knew i wasn't excited to play this again but when i started the game up i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest my mood drastically changed uh when that title screen popped up something like really comforting washed over me no pun intended you know seeing that waterfall and like the logo subtly pulse with like that theme music playing i mean i was like man this is this is good like this is some good shit i did find it like a little strange that there's like a fencers sword in the logo i don't know if you would call it, i don't know if that's what those swords are called like a fencer a sword like a little oh. pokey pokey yeah okay. a little, i yeah, don't know what those swords are called but i don't even think that kind of sword is even used in the series at all maybe in wind waker the pirates i don't i don't fucking know but if we stay on the screen long enough it eventually fades to black and sets a story up for us. Like many games of its time, uh, though this game has, again, like no dialogue in it, it's very poorly translated. And I'm not going to go too much into detail about that. There is literally an entire book written specifically about how poorly translated this game is. It's called Legends of Localization by Clyde Mandolin. And it's honestly mandatory reading if you're interested at all and how these games even made it over to the u.s in the 80s even the 90s you know the 90s <laughs> were a poor time for translations as well i think um i think i pimped tim rogers's tim tim rogers's tim rogers rogers's localization documentary on the final fantasy 7 remake episode that i did as well man i am name dropping a lot of uh previous episodes that i did pat myself on the back here uh, so here's the story verbatim as told by the game itself. Many years ago, Prince of Darkness Ganon, with three ends, stole one of the Triforce with power. Princess Zelda had one of the Triforce with wisdom. So she divided it into eight units to hide from Ganon before she was captured. Go find the eight units, Link, to save her. To keep it simple, uh, there are three parts of the Triforce. Power, Wisdom, and Courage. Our main character, Link, possesses Courage, while Zelda typically has Wisdom, and Ganon always seems to have Power. I'm not sure where they keep the Triforce of Power, but he keeps fucking getting it over the next fucking 35 years. Ganon ultimately wants all three pieces, and in this game, Zelda fractures the entire Shard of Wisdom into eight, and so we have to get them. And rescue princess zelda and you know what you know what i've got I've got this tequila here i'm gonna take a shot with you guys for this one because 
if you're new to the show, um, for every princess we save, you have to take a shot. So hopefully we do. Oh, yeah. Ever since uh, what? Bonk's adventure. I was like, man, we're going to be saving a lot of princesses in this show. <laughs> so I think I started with that one. That's yeah. delicious. Holy shit. Yeah. Take that lettuce. There you go. Just make sure your dog doesn't like rip out any cables or like toss your laptop to the ground. <laughs> no, they're both just sitting at my feet. Everything's cool. Oh, that is smooth. Fuck. I might. I might talk shit on Breath of the Wild, man. <laughs> God damn. You better not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, take a shot. We're saving a princess. So we are basically just dropped into the game with no instructions, no directions on where to go. And since we are blessed with prior knowledge of the game, we of course know to enter the first cave. Do you think people actually like totally missed that cave and just never got the sword how can you miss it it's freaking right there <laughs> dude kids are stupid <laughs> like i know but that's like it's literally like a hole in the wall it's like i mean i i don't know i don't know i've never heard of anybody not doing that so can you even progress if you don't get the sword i don't think you can because i know there's a couple items especially in the dungeons that you can only get by killing enemies I could be wrong. I don't know. I've always gotten the sword. I've always upgraded the sword. So I don't know how to answer that question, honestly. Huh. There, you can probably search YouTube and see if there's a video of somebody beating it without a sword. But I'm I'm going to just real quick see. Because I just thought I'm just like, because, yeah, you can literally just not go in that cave. You know, I mean, uh, well, yeah, there's some enemies you can't kill with bombs either. Because I was going to say, if you just get some rupees or whatever well how the fuck are you gonna get rupees though because you can't kill any enemies there you go you need the sword yeah well i guess that um that also raises the question of uh what would you do if an old man with just a robot came up to you and, and, and said it's dangerous to go alone take this what what would you do <laughs> well and is he still handing me a sword or is he giving me his penis he's handing you something <laughs> I would take a sword from an old man wearing a robe. Why not? You're a lot more trustworthy. Uh, I'd just be like, ah, nah, man, you can you can keep that. All um, right. You could probably accidentally activate hard mode, though. I mean, this game's already pretty fucking hard, and that's activated when you name your character Zelda. And this game actually confused a lot of people for quite a long time because it is titled The Legend of Zelda. But Zelda is actually only in the game for like five seconds. And even when I was a kid, I thought that the main character was named Zelda. I think uh, when you told me, you're like, no, his name is Link. I was like, that's a stupid fucking name. <laughs> like, why would you name him Link? Kids are fucking stupid. Which, you know, Miyamoto wanted some time traveling to happen in this game, which, of course, we would get much later and actually happens quite a lot throughout the series. But I just I, I wonder how many people also just you know, thinking that their character's name is Zelda accidentally activated the hard mode without even knowing a damn thing about it. And we're just like, holy shit, this fucking game. Harder than Battletoads. Well, Battletoads wasn't even out at the time, but um, really kind of took that shit to the next level. And then, you know, if you want to draw comparisons to RPGs at the time, the overworld is just like any other overworld that you would see. It's a top-down perspective 
uh, like we saw in Final Fantasy or Sweet Home. And instead of towns, we have dungeons or levels, uh, which is actually kind of surprising that the dungeons are called levels in this game. It's kind of cute, a little, little quaint. For its time, this game was massive. I mean, I'm still a little, little impressed by it. Um, the overworld alone is comprised of 128 screens, which, uh, you know, each screen is the screen that you're on. And when you move left, right, up or down, it will scroll every time you reach the end of the screen. Within the overworld are, of course, um, incredibly up to secrets. Uh, most, again, most of them I did not find on my first playthrough for the game. I, I don't think I ever got the magical sword, never got the red ring, and of course I never got the silver arrows, because I think that's in the last dungeon. And I'm pretty sure I missed a whole bunch of other stuff too. You know, like we would see in, in later Zelda games, none of the secrets are really marked or made obvious. You literally, you know, drawing comparisons to Simon Quest, Simon's Quest when you are continually throwing holy water to make sure there aren't any fake floors or fake walls in The Legend of Zelda you're either bombing every wall you see or burning every tree that you see and this is just a nightmare the whole overworld is a fucking nightmare I mean it's it's cool that you're free to roam wherever you like and so I mean part of that difficulty comes when you come into contact with endgame enemies when you enter a dungeon it will tell you which dungeon you're in by not only indicating on the status bar you know what what number it is but also by how quickly you will get your ass kicked and so as you roam the overworld there will be some treasures that will pop up and you'll be like well how the hell do i get to that because there will be no way you, you you might not have the item you need to get to it which is like, that's like a Zelda tradition. In fact, I was, there's another one of those things that I was surprised to see when I first played this. And a lot of stuff is carried over to the rest of the games from here on out. You know, you talk about items or enemies to, of course, the music. It really just goes to show how much thought Miyamoto was putting specifically into this one game in order to separate it from that, that Mario sandwich. <laughs> Though, as we'll see later, they actually, the games, the franchises do eventually cross over in uh, Link's Awakening. Going back to the enemies, the combat sucks. It isn't that great. When Link is at full health, he's able to shoot a laser from his sword, which is pretty fucking ideal, since at least I found trying to get close to an enemy pretty much leaves you open to a hit. The fucking enemies in this game turn on a dime. There's literally no telling when and where they'll turn around especially those fucking dark nuts fucking dark nuts are they're fine by themselves but when you get them mixed with some other enemies i mean we'll talk about it in a little bit but fucking yeah. dark nuts suck they suck big time to me I, I, the most satisfying thing about the combat and it's something just really stupid that i was just kind of like get him poke him poke him jab him jab him it's just the way that link uses his sword like the animation looks like he's just giving the enemies like a real nice shank <laughs> like he's spent some time in prison like he just fucking just jabs at everyone and every time i use the sword i was just like eh, eh, get him ah <laughs> like just just fucking poking everybody i don't know i just thought it was 
fucking really funny. It wasn't so funny when I was ready to fucking tear my controller in half towards the end of the game. You got to remember, you got to remember how clever they were with the overworld too, because you talk about you talk about the screens and how many there are, but then you got to talk about the fact that there's they are the subscreens, the caves, you know, whether they're from a hole in the wall or a burning bush where you go down the stairs, um, the dungeons, and the fact that like there's a, a couple places where if you don't know the route to get through the part of the map, it just keeps repeating, which makes it appear even larger than what it actually is. Yeah. Um, I yeah, mean, that's they true. were, they were, yeah, they were like super, you know, and then you got the size of the dungeons themselves. They were super clever on. And I wonder, like, almost seemingly make that game seem like there were no borders to it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I wonder what the programming was like for parts like the lost woods and that one stairway on death mountain i wonder what the programming was like to make it continually scroll to that just that one screen until you've gone the right way that's yeah, that's an interesting trick of programming right yeah you're right go ahead sorry well no i just wanted to kind of add that in there the thing i really hated was that there is like a, a gray slate in the upper left hand corner for the overworld map but none of it mm-hmm. fills in, and that was fucking frustrating. Why even put that up there? Why even include that if you're not going to do anything with it? Aesthetics, maybe? I don't know. And because like, when you get into the dungeons, um, of course, another Zelda tradition is you find the map in the compass, and of course, you know the entire map fills out. You can kind of find out where to go when you're traversing a swastika. Um <laughs> I know this I know Dungeon 3 is not technically a swastika. It's a it's a manji. Yeah, I was gonna say they all have proper names. But it was, I'm sure it's not swastika. It was still like when I saw it on, on the uh walkthrough, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, yeah, first glance, this is this looks really fucked up. <laughs> Somebody needs to call uh there needs to be a Bionic Commando crossover, so get get uh what's the dude from Bionic Commando's name? KK Slider. What's his name? K Slider. I don't know. Uh, super rad. Oh, you're talking about rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super rad. Oh, okay. Rad Spencer. No, He's that's a... Super Joe. You're confusing. You're confusing <laughs> Super Joe with 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 rad. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to infiltrate the swastika dungeon, man. <laughs> how how surprising would it be if the boss at the end of that dungeon was Hitler? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, yeah, man. The overworld. You know, as, as great as the programming was for that fucking thing that like we just talked about, it was just so frustrating. So, fu- I mean, luckily, you know, I used a guide. And so, like, the first couple of pages in that guide, like, the first 40 minutes of the game, has you basically collecting everything you can possibly get in the overworld before you even go into the first dungeon. And so, once I was done with that, I mean, I didn't have to do shit in the overworld anymore. There, there might have been, like, one or two items that I needed to get eventually. Uh, once I had the like the raft and um, I don't know, there's probably something else I don't fucking remember. Some a ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ladder. Yeah, the ladder too. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was a couple other things that I could pick up as well, so that that made things easier. But you know, I'm thinking back to the first time I played mm-hmm. it and, I'm just, and all the stuff that I missed. I was just like, holy! How would anybody know this? How would anybody get around? I mean, yeah, I could have sat there and and drew a map out and all that other shit, but. 
even if you drew a map out, you still don't know where the fucking secrets are. You don't know where any, like nothing's labeled. There's no direction anywhere. It's, it's just really, really frustrating. So I guess talk about levels or dungeons. Again, there are nine dungeons in total. And for the most part, these aren't very difficult at all to get around in. Actually, I found, you know, once I did that initial uh, run around the overworld, getting all the collectibles and, and items and stuff, I found that the first couple dungeons at least were a fucking breeze. And it's it's at this point, I mean, even if you're not using a walkthrough which i don't know why you wouldn't be using a walkthrough uh, but you're getting pretty much accustomed to just bombing or setting everything on fire and the dungeons are no different like if you come into a room that only has one door chances are there's probably a bombable wall somewhere i think the most surprising thing is the lack of puzzles in the dungeons in fact like the only real puzzle is the Lost Woods. I kind of think the entire game is a puzzle, to be honest with you. I mean, you can, you can stick, I mean, let's talk about a puzzle. I mean, you can, you can have the empty, the empty board in front of you, whether it's already a border or, or not, you build your own border. You could just toss some pieces in there and be like, Hey, I'm good with it. This is, I'm done. You know, like that's, that's cool and everything. Or if you take every piece and you take your time and you're putting it together to, and I'm going to use 100% complete it. You know, I mean, it's it's a matter of taking your time and getting everything that you can and upgrading everything that you can. And in doing so, you're going to have an easier time. You don't have to. There's some things, obviously, I think we've already talked about. I think you need the sword. You need You need to start with the sword, no matter what. Whether or not you upgrade it or not, you know, eh. You need the meat. <laughs> you need the meat. Yeah. Obviously, you need all the Triforce shards um, and you need the silver arrow and you're definitely going to need some bombs. Other than that, I mean, I, I think pretty much like everything else is kind of optional. You don't need them. It's going to make everything a little bit easier. And if anybody's played Breath of the Wild but has not played the original Zelda game, it's the same type of scenario. I mean, you you know that, you know. So I think the whole thing is a puzzle. It just depends upon how you want to solve it. I guess, yeah, using the guide, uh, it was nice uh, because I saved a lot of time by just being able to look at the dungeon map on the guide and being able to basically skip like 70% of the dungeon. So I was like, okay, that room has a, a uh, compass. I don't need that. Oh, this this room has the map. I don't I don't need that either. This uh, room has a key that I don't need because I'm skipping so many rooms that I just have an entire keychain full of keys going into the next dungeon, which also makes that much easier to get through. So so that was that was kind of and there were like some items that I ultimately ended up not getting. I think um, like the ma what is that like the magic wand or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I just I didn't get that because I was like, well, I'm not going to use this. Yeah, it it really it really doesn't serve that much of a purpose. It isn't any better, really, than the boomerang, in my opinion. Yeah. 
or or the bow and arrow. It's just a way for them to introduce some kind of magical item um, that you you barely you barely use. I did, you know, as much as like the boomerang isn't needed, that thing really fucking helps. Uh, just being able to freeze enemies and stuff like that, and going out and jabbing yeah. them. I I don't think I would have had. Uh, I don't know. Regardless, I mean, this game gets. I mean, let's talk. This game gets really fucking hard. I think it's around like dungeon six when there's a like incredible difficulty spike. You know, yep. we start seeing like dark nuts, which like every time I encountered dark nuts, I was like, they can get these nuts. <laughs> like fuck these things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we start getting whiz robes around this dungeon, which are absolutely, absolutely infuriating. Especially uh, the blue ones that, that yeah, fucking teleport yeah. like diagonally too. And it's like, fuck you. By the end of the last dungeon, I almost rage quit. I was ready to accept that I would just never finish this game. And I was becoming fine with that idea <laughs> because, because wow. if like you game over, you have to start with only three hearts. Yep. And enemies do not drop hearts when you need them to. It's only like they only happen to drop hearts when you're at full health. <laughs> like, especially, especially, especially the last uh, the last couple dungeons. They don't. They yeah. don't drop a lot of hearts. Yeah. And it's like you're able to purchase health potions, but only if you have the rupees to do so. And if you die a lot, like I did, you also start to run out of rupees then. And you know what? It's really also hard to find fucking rupees. So it's like... I never have that problem. Dude, you just... You get into this cycle where it's just like you're constantly fucking grinding for resources. And you used a guide? Yeah. Did you just use a guide, just the basics, just to get around? I don't know. I... There's there's a lot of times where... I, I don't know if I'm just used to playing the game now and I play it so often that, like... There's various points in the game where I'm always maxed out on rupees. I always have my 255 or whatever that number is. Um, so well, I, rupees is I was, but I kept dying. I kept spending, I think, what is it, like 68 rupees on potions? Oh, see, I usually don't die. I usually don't start dying until the eighth dungeon. That's when Which I'll is, usually start. Yeah, yeah I mean, the difficulty, I mean, there is difficulty spike, but it's like the enemies are harder. And like I said, individually, like the harder enemies are fine, but then it's like around like dungeon eight and nine when they really start mixing different enemy types together that just don't fucking go along with each other. Oh, uh, let me, I digress. Actually, when you start the game too, before you can increase uh, your amount of hearts with heart containers, starting off with those three, like, and then you get hit um, and some enemies take, you know, more hits with that initial sword. I, I die a lot there too until I probably about have off like five hearts. And then after that point, I'm okay until from having five hearts up through like the eighth dungeon. I usually don't die at well, all. I mean, yeah. But yeah, yeah. in the beginning of the game, I die a lot yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I, I, even though I was using a guide, I was still finding it really fucking hard to <laughs> get to the points that I needed to get to to get more heart containers and stuff like that because the enemies are just so fucking hard. And you got those fucking right, right. Zor- like yeah, right off the bat you got some really bad enemy combinations because you got fucking Zoras shooting at you from um the water while you're also trying to take on you know whatever enemies that you have online. Right. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, you know I talked about the dark nuts. I mean they're they're fine on their own and they're kind of like a nice 
little challenge. I kind of enjoyed uh, having to fight them at, at some points. Uh, but then when you throw the fucking dark nuts in a room with those statues that shoot lasers at you. And whiz robes. Yep, and whiz robes. And, 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 those, and those fucking, fucking bubbles. Uh, sparky yep. things that take your uh, uh, sword from you. Yeah, the they room. like paralyze you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah man. I was That's completely so, unfair. So fucking angry. And then not only do like the bubbles like kind of paralyze you, but they push you back. So they might be pushing you back into an, an another enemy because the bubble, like those bubble things by themselves, they don't actually take any health from you. Right. But they can push Link at least like uh, one square away, you know, into like right. whatever other obstacles are there. And then you get, yeah, and then you find yourself in a situation where you're constantly hearing. <laughs> yep. From yep. him getting knocked back all the time. <laughs> Dude, I was so fucking mad by the end of this game. Like. The difficulty is just goes so fucking far up. And even like, I mean, we're t I used a guide, man. I was fully powered up. I had everything I could possibly collect by, you know, the last dungeon. And I was still finding it really hard to finish. Really? Yeah, there there was just, I, I look back at me playing this in 2015. There's no fucking way I would have ever, like, even if I had found all the Triforce uh, shards and gotten into that last dungeon dude there was no way i was gonna beat that game <laughs> with like not even probably half the stuff i had in this playthrough wow i dude i was having a really hard time i think i even like i even put a, a short video on instagram where i was just like man fuck this game <laughs> like fuck this shit crazy yeah i i kind of have like a a thing i do for the ninth dungeon so there's there's two things you can collect as far as items or weapons or whatever you want to call them, in uh, Death Mountain, uh, that's the name of the dungeon, uh, that's the red, the red ring and the silver arrow. Um, for me, I always, once I collect the silver arrow, that's kind of like, for me, like my halfway point through the dungeon. And honestly, um, I've already probably used the red potion twice up to that point. Um, so what I do... You all right over there? Yeah. Hello? What? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. So what I do after I collect that, and some people are going to be like, well, that's that's got a lot of, you got a lot of uh, courage to, to go through this, Paul. But after I collect that arrow, I then work my way all the way back out, trying to keep the same path that I took. That's, that's the one thing that I'm kind of like proud of myself of having played this so often is I know what rooms to avoid. And if I make a mistake and go into a room that I, that I don't need to be in, like as soon as I see the room, I know I don't have to be there and I'll backtrack unless I get locked in it or something, then I have to kill all the enemies, but I'll work my way all the way back out of the dungeon and go back into the overworld. And like I said, I'm usually always good on rupees. Um, if I'm not, I'll grind the Lynels that are out there. Um, a couple of screens over, but then I'll go and repurchase the red potion and then go back in and then retrace my steps to where I left off, uh, which would be the stairs that lead down to the room that gets you to the uh, arrow. I think it's like one screen to the right of that. And then I continue on from there to finish the dungeon with the red potion, another red potion again. So that's what I do. I actually split the dungeon in half because I I cannot ever. I've never been able to finish 
Death Mountain with just one red potion using it twice ever. I've always backed out of that dungeon halfway through. That's just my... But don't all the enemies respawn? No. Oh, really? Not all enemies respawn. Uh, it will be, um, you know, you, as you know, if you go through uh, dungeons and you kill certain enemies, if you get a certain point away from that room, you go back, some rooms, some enemies will respawn. That's what Not I'm all saying. The time, if you leave the dungeon. Some do. Nope. If you leave the dungeon, it's still the exact really? same oh, situation. I had no idea. If you leave the dungeon, that would have been so much fucking easier. Yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, sometimes. The, I can tell you right now that any room that had dark nuts that respawned, they still respawn. So technically, I'm backtracking. I have to get through them again get out and then go back in and then get through them again. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making my efforts. See, and that's the thing too, like, but it's the fact that there's other rooms that are cleared that I don't have to worry about. So I'm not losing as much health getting to my quote unquote halfway point and then backing out and coming back in as I did when I initially entered the, the, the dungeon for the first time and going through that point. So the thing for me too, like, you talk about uh, killing enemies in the overworld to kind of, you know, get back rupees or, or health or whatever. Is that, yeah, I mean, you just talked, to, you just said it, the dun- this is the case for the dungeons as well. The enemies don't respawn, so you have to travel probably two or three screens away to get new enemies. And then by that time, you're just like, okay, now where the fuck am I in the map? Because I don't have a fucking map to use. So mm-hmm. it's also, it's just, this game was so frustrating for me by dungeon nine and i mean yeah i had no idea that um the enemies not respawning was was something that uh happens in the dungeon as well because i just kept um i mean every time i died there was great band by the way every time i died (laughs) i um you know the enemies come back so and i was trying to go through the dungeon just all the way through you know and um yeah that's the that's why i do what i do because that's the one thing um in those later dungeons that you don't want to do is die you do not want to die so i i i always i'm fine like i said usually when i get to like about the sixth or seventh dungeon that's when i make sure i always have a potion yeah death mountain Uh, up till then i don't need one death mountain was that rare dungeon it was the only dungeon that I didn't skip any rooms because I looked at the map and I was like, okay, so there are warp points. You didn't skip any rooms in, in nine. Well, I skipped. Oh, I, I, sk- I always, well, I had rooms. the, the, there's so many, key. like half that dungeon. You don't need half that dungeon. You only even need to, vi- to, to visit. Well, I had the, <laughs> I had the master key. So, I mean, technically I skipped like half the dungeon, but I still needed to get the silver arrows. Cause you need that. You need those to beat the game. Right. And um, I wanted, I mean, I was already having a hard enough fucking time. I wanted to get the uh, red ring also uh, for the boost in defense, which does nothing. I mean, it does give you extra defense, but God damn, it doesn't fucking do anything. <laughs> um, So there was like a particular route that I had to go through where it had me going through every room on that route. And plus there are warp points also, so I would have gotten so fucking lost. I can't imagine doing this shit without a guide, man. 
I can't fucking imagine doing level nine without Did a guy. See the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ghana are pretty bad. Octoroks, Tech Tikes, Levers, too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold The bosses separate. for the dungeons. Um, there are seven bosses. Two of them are repeated. Uh, there's Aquamentus, Dodongo, Manhandala. Am I even saying that right? Manhandala. That's, That's how I say it. it sounds so pedophilic. Um... Gleok, <laughs> Dig Docker, Goma, and Aquamentus again. Yeah, I call I call him Dig Dodger. Dig Dodger. That's what I've always called him. That's oh, what I thought it was. I'm just maybe that maybe you're right. As we'll learn, I'm very bad at pronouncing things. Or maybe I'm wrong. You get after Goma, you get Aquamentus again. You get Gleok again, and then you get Ganon. I found all of these bosses, especially compared to the some of the fucking enemy combinations incredibly fucking easy even ganon was easy well in in to to kind of argue in a way like if you go in there i mean was ganon easy for you because you because a guide told you that he had a pattern and you to watch for it or did you literally go in there i literally just stood in a corner and just started stabbing <laughs> you so, stood in a corner and started stabbing yeah and he would just run oh. into me oh uh, because I mean, I'll tell you the first time I faced Ganon, I don't know how many times I died because I, they, they, <sighs> I did die a couple if, times because he would just like spawn on top of me. But for the most part, yeah, I just, I just stayed because I would get a couple good hits on him. But yeah, every once in a while I would just have, I think I died like twice. And uh, yeah, it was it would just be bad bad RNG basically. I mean, yeah, he is he is easier. I mean, he is he. It's gotten to the point where he's easier to defeat than other some other dungeon bosses. But I just I'm just thinking back to when I first faced him, and I didn't know that he was a pattern. It he, or he had a pattern, and it seemed. I don't think so... the guy told me that there was a pattern at all either. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it seemed random, especially when you're like going in there and you're like, what the fuck? And you're like confused and he's like there and then he's, and then he's gone and he's there and then he's gone and he's someplace else. And he's gone, you know, and it's like, you know, and then you get a hit on him and, you know, it's changing and, and it makes it seem like it's random, but it really isn't. And I, it, yeah, it's gotten to the point now where um, for me, I, you know, just walk right up in, in that shit and I actually stand right in the middle and his pattern goes from like basically like an upside down triangle to like a square to a triangle. Okay. And I just stand in, in, in the middle and I, you know, try to figure out which of those patterns it's going to be first. Cause he's always going to appear in the same corners in a clockwise and then counterclockwise and then clockwise fashion. And then, so then you'll know like when he's in one spot, you know, where he's going to be next. You then face that spot. And when he's there, bam, you, you strike him down. And then, the next counterclockwise pattern then begins and then you strike him down then so on and so forth until, you know, he turns into a brown turd and you <laughs> hit him, hit him with the silver arrow. So yeah, I, I, it's, if I take any damage now, 
uh, battling Ganon, it's because maybe I accidentally moved into like a spot and he spawns on me because I'm not being careful enough. Yeah. In my turning around and stuff like that. But, and I was um, like nervous too because I mean, at this point, I was like fucking shaking with rage <laughs> after, you know, making it to Ganon. And I, and I thought it was kind of neat too how uh, when you enter the room and you hold up the Triforce and. Uh, Ganon kind of like covers his eyes. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, what the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. kind of like how he's just been like in this dungeon for, you know, a millennia or whatever, how long he's been in there. And all of a sudden Link comes in and just fucks his shit. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I was also nervous because I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm finally here. I've never made it this far in this game before. And so I was just kind of, I don't know what's the tension the tension was very high and so yeah i, I fucked up a couple times you it's know, anticipation really, too yeah not knowing you know what i had to do yeah I, and as far as the bosses go i mean the other thing you know back in 2015 i was just surprised to see bosses like goma and dodongo you know show up because i'm just like holy shit like these were established these these enemies were established in this game and, you know it goes for the dark nuts too with the whiz robes and, and the octoroks like they're all i'm sounding like that commercial for the for the game was that was that rap you know what i'm talking about where they're like rapping like octoroks dodongos ganon and gleox <laughs> like having that rap or whatever you know is, what i'm talking is, about is this is this like the the zelda version of the the big mac rap or something that now that i don't know i don't know what that is i don't know okay there'll probably there'll probably be a clip uh right here okay now just yeah okay so anyway (laughs) but yeah i was surprised that like so many of these enemies and, and things showed up in this game i was actually not expecting that at all even though dodongo looks more like a a triceratops in this game than like a a lizard but whatever so let's talk about uh the aesthetics of the game how does a game look to you graphically uh not good yeah no it uh it's kind of like along the lines of super mario brothers it just kind of doesn't uh hold up it looks really 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 outdated i think the graphics are better than mario brothers i think really i was gonna say the opposite actually because yeah i I, I drew that compare i was drawing that i was gonna draw that comparison as well oh yeah i i there's there's obviously i think a lot more attention to detail given in is all the just because you're looking at things from a top-down perspective and the world constantly changes. I mean, if anything, I mean, I suppose if we're going to do uh, apples to apples in this case, um, you got both types of game mechanics going on in both no, games. It's, 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 soup to, it's, soup, it's soup to sandwiches. What are you talking about? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, that doesn't make sense. No. So, okay. So in in both games, you have an overworld. In both games, you have quote-unquote dungeons. We'll just call the, the castles and Mario Brothers dungeons in this case. And then uh, you've got, you know, basically, I guess you can call them 
the underworlds in that in Mario, when you go down a pipe, you've got whatever the fuck happens, you know, underground. And then in Zelda, you've got the caves. I, I suppose there's some give and take uh, in that, you know, when you go underground in Zelda, it's black, it's drab, and it's just one screen. That's not usually always the case in Mario because sometimes an entire level can be underground or you can just have the one screen coin collecting uh, part of it. But um, so they, they kind of have some similarities. However, in how much more sprawled out Zelda seems to be in comparison to Mario, it lends itself to having to do things more with the graphics that I find more appealing in Zelda than I do with Mario Brothers. However, they still fall, unfortunately, uh, to the same fate that they just don't look that good anymore. And I've always been one to wonder why they would take the time to revamp the original Mario Brothers in an All-Stars version, but not do The Legend of Zelda. Now, some would argue that A Link to the Past is like a glorified Legend of Zelda. It's like taking The Legend of Zelda and making it look better, making it sound better, making it bigger. Um, I guess there's that argument, I suppose. But I would still like to see the original Legend of Zelda get redone. I mean, well, it doesn't yeah, I have... mean, yeah, they did Link's, Link's Awakening. Right, yeah, they even did that, you know? And honestly, I think that's that's probably like my fifth favorite game. But in, in their, in, they do HD remasters of other... They've been doing HD remasters of like... They did four other games, right? And it's like... And I know that there's the Oracle games. Like some people really love those Oracle games because of how they're tied into one another. I know there's people that are going to be like, well, why can't they redo the Oracle games? Like, I still really firmly believe that the first Legend of Zelda should be redone and why they have not done that yet is absolutely beyond me. Now, granted, we don't know what's around the corner. The 35th anniversary is coming up uh, next year. And, you know, officially uh, from the J J Japanese release date. Yeah, they'll probably sell a couple keychains, <sighs> Zelda 35. Um, I don't know. Stuff I don't that know. nobody really asked for. <laughs> I don't know. They did say, going back to Breath of the Wild, that um, I think like a couple years after that, they're like, okay, we're going to have like a new Zelda game every year, whether that's a remaster or, you know, in this case, you know, we had... Um, uh, Age of Calamity, which they're counting as a Zelda release. I mean, in earlier in the year we had uh, the Link's Awakening. Was it earlier in 2020 or was that last year? That was last year. Damn. Okay, so that was last year's game. Okay, so you know they're what they put out in 2018. Uh, that's when they that's when they made the announcement. Oh, like I said, a couple years after. So we're getting something. In 2021, I I don't think any the Legend every, of Zelda game and watch, it, possibly. It's, like, it, it's be there's shit been there's been for. there's been like three of there's been like three Zelda game and watches 
whether they actually bring them back, bring those back, and actually redo those. A Tiger on Electronics uh, LCD <laughs> Legend of Zelda. <laughs> it's going to be remasters of the uh, CDI. <laughs> Man, Wanda Gamble on HD. Hell yeah. Um, can't wait. No, but seriously, like, we know we're getting something next year. We don't know what. We don't know. I don't think it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2. Just because they haven't said shit in a year. I don't, even I don't think they're just going to pull that out of their asses and be like, and pre-order now for two months, you know, uh, if a release from now. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't they, think. They probably spent like an hour making that trailer, but didn't actually even like start making the game at that point. Yeah, probably not. So, you know, I don't know. I I would kind of hope that when we get this, when we get this 35th anniversary thing going and me being a bigger fan of zelda than i am mario and they're still going on with this mario shit it's still going strong the 35th shit um i'm still trying to complete missions and stuff some i can't there's no way i can get like top 30 on mario 35 or whatever stupid ass shit or no it was a mario maker oh the ninja speed run that's what it was like the top 30 people get like some rare ass coin which obviously there's only gonna be 30 then and i'm like there's no fucking way i'm even bothering playing that game dude what, um, if, what if they give out a uh a chunk of diamond in the shape of a rupee they would have to they would have to do something they would have to release like a, a some kind of online multiplayer zelda game for people to rank because there's there's no there's no zelda game that exists where you can rank there's maybe, not a zelda maker i was gonna say maybe that maybe zelda maker that they, i would they be fucked, they fucked around with that in uh the link's awakening remake i would be fine with a zelda maker but and actually I, the legend of zelda you know going back to this first game was originally going to have uh user created dungeons in it yeah yeah there's so much about the development of this game i, I didn't talk to but that's talk about but that's that's just one of those little little tidbits in there yeah, so we're getting way, way off track, way off track here. But I mean, the bottom line is graphically, I think it's due for an update because it's even though I find it uh, more aesthetically pleasing for me than Mario Brothers, um, I it 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 doesn't hold up and it's due for a, a, a fresh coat of paint. I mean, I'm I agree with you for the most part. I think when I'm comparing it to super mario brothers i am comparing just the environments like the environments look fucking awful in zelda and now when you're talking about sprites i mean the sprites in zelda are impressive like the moblins they look like you know the demon bear things that they're supposed to look like uh the tektites you know the, those haven't changed in 35 years they look like just giant jumpy crustacean spider things and uh, the P-Hats haven't changed either. Goma hasn't changed either. The, the sprites look great. But the color palette of the environments, I, I think, is just what really puts me off. There's just so much orange, green, and brown. It's just fucking ugly. And, you know, most of the time you're playing this game, you're spending it in the overworld... And there's just not a lot of color. Again, it's just those fucking, like, three colors. And the dungeons themselves, you know, they 
they are just one solid solid color. I mean, each one is different, a different color, but it's just one solid color. Yeah, but I would argue that they did it on purpose. Like that's the aesthetic they were going for. It's not like they didn't have options to make things brighter and using a more vibrant blue on something. I, that was the look that they were going for, and that's the palette that they just chose. So and I it guess looks like shit. Okay, so then you, <laughs> so. so then, so then your argument is that they just made a bad choice. Yeah, it's not that they said this is the best we can do when it wasn't the best they could do. They they could could have done better. But they chose not to because what the product that they put out was, was what they wanted to put out. I just think it's really harsh in some points and at the same time, just really bland. And, you know, of course, there's there's hardware limitations or whatever. Oh, Keith, give them a break. What the fuck? But, you know, when you got when you step into Dungeon 3, which is like all green, and then you got like some orange sprites on the screen it's just like god it's just i want to fucking throw up like this is so ugly it's too much man i i just didn't like the environments at all the sprites fine they look great but something about the colors in this game is just well one could argue then that they did the same thing for a link to the past would you say that a link to the past looks like shit there was in the overworld there was a lot of brown greens in you certain know, parts the blue of the water are. the dungeons a lot of green black dark green lime green like it was the same type of it's just the color pa- palettes that they chose no they were to represent the world there are different environments in a link to the past there's well yes there are different desert, environments which of course if you go into a desert it's going to be all brown if there are different environments the lost woods all you got to do greens. All you got to do is look at the, the the entirety of the overworld map in a link to the past and you'll see that the entire thing looks basically brown with different shades of green, different shades of brown, different shades of blue. I mean it's the same thing. It just is in 16 bit. So I'm just I'm just trying to argue uh, and and in a way also kind of defend the decisions that they made for how they made the world look with the colors that they chose. That's just me. I'm looking That's up the me. link to the past map. Cause I don't honestly remember what the fuck it looks like. I'm just saying, I'm just, I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking going back to how many times I played that game that it's the same. You don't all of a sudden like walk into, um, a room and it's got purple and red. And well, okay. You know I don't what I'm know saying? why. I don't know why the map for the dark world came up, but of course, yeah, the dark world is obvious. I mean, everything. Oh, the dark world's even everything's worse. Dead. That, that's so, dead. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that at all. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just a good mixture of of both. If I'm looking at it, and obviously, this is just a map. Like this is a zoomed out. You know, I'm thinking about the dungeons in, too. This is what's in the game. I'm thinking about the um, basement of the castle and all that shit. Like, you know, like I said, you just yeah. I mean, like you walk into a village and well, you, you got get, white white houses with red roofs and stuff, and that's when you know colors start kind of popping a little bit. Then, some but, some of the the cuckoos with some of the yellow on them or whatever. Fine, but but then we're talking about you know the again the limit. And I already said you know the NES was limited to how many colors they could have, whereas 
you know that you look at this super nes um yeah you can have those different shades of brown it looks better than just one solid shitty brown color you know i talked about in super mario brothers 2 how i hated those underground areas i I didn't like how they looked because it was just one solid brown color like it's just it was just ugly you know the same goes for that and like when i say like they use the color orange it's like this weird like off orange like it's part it's almost like leaning towards brown so you still got like a little more brown there but it's not quite brown but it's not quite orange (laughs) yeah whereas like a link to the past you're getting different you're getting different shades of that same color so it looks like there's more depth a little more detail Um, that's why i said it's basically the 16-bit version they they had more more shades to choose from but uh, what i'm trying to say is you're not walking into an area that's got green grass and you know like uh i'm just saying like it's you know <sighs> i'm i'm trying i'm trying my best to like say like you're not getting every color of the rainbow sometimes in every screen like it's going to be the same color format depending upon the area that you're in only with different more more shades of it as an option as opposed to the 8-bit and however many shades that they had to work with to make things more three-dimensional i mean again we're talking about a very very early nes game Mm -hmm. 8-bit nes game is severely limited you know Sure, there's a chance there's a chance that that game came out five years later that it would have looked better. I mean, yeah, you look at Link's Adventure, tons of different uh, colors in that game. Right. So, and I mean, Link's Adventure came out the same year The Legend of Zelda came out here, you know? So, I mean, yeah, they, they figured it out. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, obviously, they're very limited by by what the NES or the Famicom can do at the time. And I just, I I, honestly, I don't know what colors they could have used to make the overworld look better. I just, I just didn't like it. All right. So (laughs) just, just trying to put, I mean, there's uglier games that I've played. I think Legend of Zelda is on that, that list of ugly for me. Okay. But what isn't ugly, but is still kind of annoying, <laughs> is the music. Koji motherfucking Kondo composed something like 12 tracks for the game, with only like four of them being like actual songs, while the rest are just like uh, fanfares. Which, speaking of fanfares, there's no chests in this game. Nope. Like, the items are just dropped. You yep. just pick them up. You know, the theme... Uh, the overworld theme is iconic and classic as it is. Uh, I was kind of fucking tired of hearing it. I actually turned the music off for once in the game. <laughs> and not to mention the fucking beeping when you're low on health. I mean, this is, I mean, the beeping when you're low on health is a thing that 
continues throughout every every fucking game up until um a certain 2017 release basically <laughs> and for most of the game you know i was I mean, I was sitting at like one or two hearts for like most of the game. So like the beeping never fucking stopped. And so I was like, well, time to turn the fucking music off. <laughs> like, I already know what it sounds like. And so then all that, like with the beeping, you want to talk about um, the limitations of, of the console. You know, when that beeping sound comes in, it's cutting into the music. So then the music is also it's just kind of like ruined. So, you know, for me, it just the soundtrack suffers from that old NES hardware thing of it's just it's looping so much. I've complained about this on on other episodes also. Um, same with the dungeon music too. Although I do I do like the dungeon music actually. I think it's it might be up there for some of my favorite dungeon music now that I think about it. But also like it's it also gets old. Again, once you collect everything you need in the overworld, then you just you're basically shotgunning the dungeons from there on out. So you hear little less of the overworld music but now you're just hearing dungeon music all the time and it's kind of nice though when you get to dungeon nine and it's completely different music that that dungeon has its own uh has its own music though i think it's a little weird because like when you get to ganon that music still keeps playing so it kind of makes the fight like a little anticlimactic. like i feel like i don't know it's 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 the final boss. Like I feel like Ganon should just have his own music. But then again, I that entire fight is kind of anticlimactic. But I mean that's I mean that's all I really have to say about the music. I mean all of it, much like, you know, the items and the characters locations uh, is still used throughout the entire franchise. It just of course gets u- utilized a lot better as we go along. And again, like nothing nothing beats the intro to the game for me. Like that song is so fucking good. Like the music is good. It, it it is good it's just there all the time it's just there all the time you got nothing on the music oh is I it mean, my turn I, whenever you um, want to chime in like you can just you don't have to wait for me you can just start talking oh okay i'm gonna keep that in mind um no i i actually agree with you uh uh pretty much 100 percent as far as the music goes is as iconic as the music is as iconic as the main theme is uh in the overworld it does get very i mean look you're only playing the game for a few hours really i mean we think about it it's not long uh if you know what you're doing however it's just long enough that hearing the theme over and over in the overworld does get repetitive for me honestly i don't even like turn off the volume i block it out for the most part i block everything out and i actually like when it tells you that you've you know you're about to die with the beeping and the reason being is because i never in any zelda game ever pay attention to how much health i have I'm just grinding along. Just I don't care how much health I have. I'll let the game let me know when I should start giving a shit. So the beeping, though, yes, if if you wait long enough, it gets annoying. But I usually don't let it last that long. I will usually take care of what needs to be taken care of to get the beeping to stop. The dungeon music, I, man, 
for me, it's even hard to call it music. It's kind of like, it's almost like, like a mood melody that just repeats. And I, I, that's like the best, that's the best way of like me describing how I think of that. That's why I like it it so much. Yes. And it is so much actually better than the theme, the main theme that plays in the overworld. I mean, it's, it's because it's like, it really helps set the tone of the underground world that you're in. Like, okay, like this is some serious shit. This isn't like, you know, horns and trumpet type of shit going on and, you know, just relax and take your time and get through it. And because you're going to get frustrated, we don't want to annoy you with, you know, annoying, frustrating music as well. And I appreciate that they do that, even though it's the same in like every fucking dungeon. It's like not like every dungeon has its own theme because it doesn't. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, when you get to a boss and even Ganon, yes, um, especially Ganon, you would think that there would be a little bit more fanfare, but there isn't. It's just the same. So, you know, that's disappointing overall for me. Like I said, as as iconic as uh, the music is in the game, it's repetitive. And because of that, like, I don't enjoy it only because I've learned to kind of block it out. You know, that's and you yourself, you turn it off. I block it out. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So you could say that speaks volumes to what the music is like. Uh-huh. No, no. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I think um, this this episode might actually um, be longer than Battletoads. Wow. Yeah. So fuck Battletoads. Let's f- fuck Battletoads indeed. finish this shit off we're we're finally here where do you sit with the legend of zelda would you recommend playing this game in 2020 well let me tell you something were you really shook up (laughs) did it shake you up it got me that really shook me up uh spoiler alert for any future zelda episode i may might be on I am never going to not recommend a Zelda game. Um, even I'm not going to go into details, but even Zelda two. Okay. So I will always recommend a Zelda game. Now on what level I recommend uh, a Zelda game. That's a different story. I legend of Zelda is my franchise. Like that is like what I orgasm over. Anything. Oh, oh. 
Okay. <laughs> anything, any, anything, anything, Legend of Zelda that comes up, especially a, a game, um, I will spooge myself. I, that, it, that's just me. Okay. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that, there's people that are probably worse than me that like eat, you know, and breathe and live and die Legend of Zelda. You know, like they probably have like bed sheets and posters, even if they're like 40, <laughs> you know, um, and like uh, silverware and bowls and plates and shit. I, I don't take it that far. I don't take it that far, but um, I just I love the lore. I love the stories and I've loved every game except for one and a half games. Um, and I'm talking about handhelds, too. So. I'm always going to, to me, there's never like a, like 100% bad Zelda game. That being said, I disagree. Okay, go ahead. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> you can, you can disagree all you want. You can disagree all you want. You, you um, know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're talking about. And I think this, you're fucking crazy. This bottle of tequila knows what I'm talking about. I think you're fucking crazy. <laughs> Cause it'll never, it, it'll, it, this, it, you might do an episode on it. It's not going to be, uh, a part of your, your, your quest that the main quest is, is based off of. So I'm going to say that, yeah, I know you're talking about Breath of the Wild. And I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm, if you do that, that's like a whole side quest type of episode you might do or something. I'm probably not going to be a part of it. And I'm going to argue that's one of the greatest games ever made. Okay. So yes, I crazy. know what you're talking about and I know you disagree. You are crazy. Whatever. No, you're crazy. Okay. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda, the OG. Uh, I would give it a light recommend as far as replaying it in 2020. Um, I don't know how much more details I'd have to give you. Yeah, the graphics need some updating. The music is not that great, as iconic as it is. Um, but you know what? It was a very experimental game for its time. And I think that because of what it outputs as a game itself, overall, like playing it today, you've got to recognize and appreciate what it is and what it did and what it continues to do and what it evolved into 35 years later. So I'm giving it a light recommend. Let me, before I go into my final thoughts or however that. Hey, guys. It's final thoughts time. Yeah. <laughs> so what did we think about The Legend of Zelda? Um, putting nostalgia aside, which I think obviously tons of people have nostalgia for the, We heard from somebody earlier today uh, that has it. Um, putting nostalgia aside, we talked about on the Super Mario Brothers episode how important that game was. Is The Legend of Zelda an important game? Do I think it's an important game? Yeah. Depends upon if you want to use the timeline or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, um, in the timeline, yes, it's an important game. All right. Uh, without a timeline, as a whole, taking comparing it to like the other games, it just being standalone, for example, let's just use standalone. That's a good way of putting it. I think it's an important game because like you said, there's characters in that game that started in that game that continued on throughout the series. 
And I kind of think because The Legend of Zelda set a precedent for the series going forward, that, yeah, it's an important game. I think if you, even though it's not chronologically first on the timeline, which means that these characters did not appear for the first time in A Legend of Zelda, it's still the first time they appeared in A Legend of Zelda game. And I think that historically it's important looking at it that way. So you do think it's important to video games on the whole, not just within its own yes. franchise. Yes. I Because I think that game... Hey. There's a cat. <laughs> Meow. Um, I think that, uh, if it wasn't for, I'm not, I'm not saying that it couldn't have happened. Somebody else, some other game, some other, you know, Sega, who knows? Um, I think that if it wasn't for Nintendo and Miyamoto blurring the lines between an RPG and an action adventure game, we're not going to get, we probably wouldn't have those hybrid games. Probably. Somebody else could have done it, but they did it first, which also made it experimental. So I think to video games overall, yes, I still think it's an important game. I don't know. Token, what do you think? What What are your final thoughts? Oh, now, now you don't want to say shit. I guess I'm just going to go for it. I feel like I've... I feel like I've kind of been beating around the the bush here, the the burning bush. <laughs> I'm not going to recommend The Legend of Zelda. I, All right, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> I think I think my admiration for it is the same as Super Mario Brothers. That's why I asked you, do you think this game is important? And, you know, granted, granted, it's definitely not. It's not the. Did you message me? Maybe. Yeah, my fucking. You always do this shit. You always fucking panic me, dude. No, this is like the, this is the same time I've ever. This is like the second time I've ever sent you a message. Second, I don't not even always. know. I don't even know how to check it. First of all, you just, you just gotta look at your Zoom window. Yeah, nothing's popping up. How how do you not have your Zoom window open? It's literally what you yeah, open nothing, up when you start Zoom. Up. Oh, really? Oh, wait. Chat. Interesting. No. Oh. Hmm. You're, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to poke the bear. You're trying to poke the bear. I'm not falling for it. <sighs> but yeah, Legend, Legend of Zelda wasn't, you know, it wasn't the first adventure game. It wasn't the first RPG. Um, like you said, they kind of Miyamoto kind of mixed Miyamoto and Tezuka mixed uh, elements from Adventure and Ultima and like Tower of Draga. I mean, the Legend of Zelda, if you look at Legend of Zelda and Tower of Draga, I mean, they are literally the same thing. But what they did is just they kind of refined those ideas and 
made it into something like a little more distinct. And yeah, I mean, The Legend of Zelda is like the gold standard for those 1980s adventure games. You know, there's so much to discover and the nonlinearity is great. I when I first played it in 2015, I was like, holy shit, like you really can do anything. But, you know, even by 2020 standards, I mean, that kind of nonlinearity is a little outdated. And then you got, you know, the music is absolutely iconic. And a lot of the enemies and characters and stuff like that are constantly either referenced or are in the actual uh, games from here on out. But... (sighs) Listen, this game is unplayable without a guide. A walkthrough is absolutely mandatory. Like, using a walkthrough now and then thinking back to the first time I played the game, it became clear to me that the openness of the game actually blocks you from progressing. And I, and, you know, I think that's something you kind of mentioned earlier. And that's, that's just an issue with game design, period. The, I mean, the dungeons are fun, but the overworld isn't fun. The overworld is more of a dungeon than the dungeons themselves. Like, you can't get anywhere without obtaining the items in the overworld and exploring the overworld is a fucking dumpster fire intentional or not it's just bad it sucks it fuck it's fucking sucks and you think about you know nowadays with even some of the most open of open world rpgs there's a little bit of guidance there whether it directs you uh, you know to your main quest or side quests that eventually open up paths directing you back to the main objective there's there's some sort of direction there and you know what since i said the name of my own podcast (laughs) and then side episodes take a shot (laughs) Um, i think when it comes down to it when i think about the legend of zelda and when i was actually thinking of having to play it for the show again when i was just putting it off and putting it off i was like to me you know, if if you ask me and you're like, hey, should I play The Legend of Zelda? I would be like, I mean, if you've never played it before, honestly, I, I would say play it because it's kind of like a history lesson. I think it's more of a, a history lesson than than a, a palatable video Wait, game. So now to play. You, are you changing? Are you changing it now? No, no. Well, no, it sounds like you are. No, you just said if no, you ever played no, it, I would tell somebody no, to play it. No, no. It looks like there, you're, you're... there is. I'm ch- I'm trying to kind of lighten my not recommend here. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to paint it with more shades of color than the dungeons in this game. There was a lot, like you know, when I first when I first initially played the game, there was a lot that I was surprised by that has stuck around for fucking three decades. But that also kind of shows just how aged and stubborn the franchise is. And so I found The Legend of Zelda, you know, yeah, it's a history lesson that also makes it homework. And nobody likes homework. I'm not going to recommend this, and I'm absolutely ready to get doxxed. <laughs> so nobody came down on me for not recommending Super Mario Brothers, which is a surprise. You know, just 
you know, just I'm going to say, just like in Super Mario Brothers, there are better Zelda games than this. In in some instances, yeah, there are some better Zelda games, and they're only better, really, because it was kind of like how what Super Mario World did for the rest of the series. That's, I mean, the equivalent would be, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of shit that came out for the Super Nintendo that was like, like the game of any franchise to play. I mean, Super Castlevania 4 was fantastic. Super Metroid was fantastic. Donkey Kong Country was fantastic. But therefore, you know, A Link to the Past was like fantastic. I mean, it seemed like Nintendo could do no wrong during the Super Nintendo era. And the point I'm trying to get at is... What is the point I was trying to get at? <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah, it seems like whatever came before that, it was kind of like a, a, a test, except for like Mario Brothers. Like we already covered Mario Brothers 2 and Super Mario Brothers 3 is like kind of like the golden boy of the trilogy, if you will, for the Nintendo. But I just, I'm going to have to disagree with you in the fact that you're taking something that's the open world and they never, like you said, they never really did anything like that again until breath of the wild. And even despite the fact that there's still these open world, it it still appears to be open world. Some of the uh, other games, but there's more of your hand being held. um, And you kind of should be going a certain direction. You don't have the option of seeing what you can try to complete without completely upgrading everything 100% like Breath of the Wild starting out on the Great Plateau if you want to go straight straight to uh to the castle and and good luck you know but it's because of that that I feel like if you're going to spend 60 bucks on a cartridge back then and you wanted the most out of your game I mean a 10 year old yeah I mean a 10 year old is going to have problems with that I didn't have problems with it. Um, I mean, I should say I had problems with it. What are you saying? I'm 10 years old? Shut your mouth. I'm talking here. (laughs) You cannot, you cannot chime in whenever you want. So, so I'm saying is I had problems with that for a few years until I was in high school. And then it became a little bit more palatable because a 10 year old is not going to have the wherewithal to sit there and take their time exploring. And, you know, if you have up to eight bombs, you know, bombing random ass walls, which sometimes are not as random as they might appear. I mean, you can kind of look at an area and be like, I think there's something here. Yeah, you might have to bomb an entire, you know, screen or something. Um, but there's some screens that obviously they're going to look like you can bomb something more than another. And um, yeah, that makes you then have to, you know, waste bombs and then go and grind for more bombs and that's what it's about. It was, it, it, it's about that sense of adventure. Like if you want to, you know, back then, if you had the capability of plopping down 60 bucks and then having somebody also hand you, uh, some back then pieces of paper in a trapper keeper that write down, has written down and, and pictures and everything of exactly what to do. And you want to spend just two hours playing the game, more power to you, you know, but. I, I think it's the fact that like when I played it again and decided to beat it for the first time when I was in high school, I didn't use a map. I didn't use a guide. I 
literally spent like it seems like forever traversing every single square of that world you know i will admit that i needed to look up uh where level eight was i had no idea where it was but um you know it just <laughs> I, I just have to disagree with you i think that's what makes the game so much better is the fact that it doesn't hold your hand like the rest of them do, even though the rest of them look better, have a better, I mean, they have a narrative, period. And this one doesn't really have one. Yeah, the rest of them are better, but it, even Zelda 2 to an extent. But I, they, they all hold your hand and they, you know, they kind of, you know, lead you to what you're supposed to be doing next. Whereas this was all about a sense of exploration. And if you got stuck, you had to be like, what did I miss? Let me go back and try to find it. And nothing is too far off. Nothing is too, usually something that you need is going to be like right around where you need it, you know? So I don't know. I'm just putting in my, my argument for my light recommend that, People can see it both ways. Yeah, I I just didn't have any... This game was not fun. I just did not have fun with this game. You know, it's not as... You know, when we talked about Simon's Quest, that game, you need a, a walkthrough for because even though there are NPCs and they are supposed to tell you what to do and where to go, they don't uh, because the localization is just so terrible. Whereas this has zero dialogue in it. Honestly, I mean, there's there's some rooms that you come upon um, in the dungeons and they'll be like, oh, uh, Dodongo doesn't like smoke. And you're just like, OK, well, obviously, I I have been playing Zelda games for fucking 30 years. I know that uh, you throw bombs at Dodongo, you know, so I, I already knew that anyway. Um, but even then, there's just some very, very vague dialogue. And you're just like, well, <laughs> Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And I don't know. Everything looks exactly the same in the overworld. Oh, everything looks the same. I don't, you know, you're talking about like, oh, there might be something here in, in this spot. But it's like, how would you, how would you know that? I think there's only one spot in particular that has a secret that really sticks out to me. And that's when you're walking through what's supposed to be like a forest, probably. And there's just like this one tree. There's just like this one little tree. And it's like in the middle of an aisle <laughs> and you're just like, obviously that can be burned and you can. And it leads you to, I think it leads you to one of the dungeons. Yeah. The eighth one, which is the one that I had to look up yeah. in high school. Cause I didn't, I did not realize there really? was that I spot that's, place. I feel like that's the most obvious, obviously like place thing. Oh really? For so me, that was the least. Out of the ordinary. Yeah, no. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I was right in the middle of this aisle. Like, so if you leave that part, like depending if you're on the left side of the screen or the right side of the screen, like you have to go out of your way to get to the other side of that screen unless you burn that bush. So it's like, well, of course I'm going to try and burn that bush because I'm trying to get to the other side of the map. I I just thought it was one of the more obvious things. Whereas like when you're bombing walls and stuff, and like some of the other the some of the other bushes that you have to burn, they're just like none of this is obvious at all. You know, like I said, it suffers that same problem as, as Simon's Quest, where you're just like, I guess I have to do this to like everything in every screen. 
But the problem with Simon's quest is if you get someplace where you're like at a dead end or don't know what to do, you have a lot of backtracking to do. You don't have that much. There isn't that much backtracking That's, to do yeah. in, in Zelda. No. I mean, I, they're two completely different games, but still have that same problem with trying to find items and, and secrets and stuff like that. Um, and, and that's the thing too, like these aren't secrets. Like it's almost necessary to have to find some of these items. Otherwise you're fucked. Cause the game just gets, I mean, we already, I already talked about my own problems playing the game late into the game, having all my upgrades. I can't imagine trying to do that shit without missing some hearts or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, almost man like it's not even really they're not even really secrets and now we know why you hate breath of the wild don't poke don't poke the bear <laughs> don't poke the bear i'm not talking about that game <laughs> oh god i hate you i hate you so much right now <laughs> oh i already said it there are other there are other there are a lot of other reasons why we, I don't we like can we can keep going back and forth pleading our cases why we like or dislike a Zelda game, and I already told you I'm I, I'm always going to recommend a Zelda game. It just depends upon what level. Yeah, like I said, I just did not have fun with this game. For me, if if you know you're gonna play, if you've never played anything in the Zelda series, and you're coming to this game first because you want to play them chronologically uh, from release. It's a rough start. It's kind of a rough start, in my opinion. And if you're playing them uh, per the timeline, you're going to be like, um, you might be surprised. You might be surprised, actually. I, I mean, I was when I first initially put the game. For all the things that I've said about it, I'm kind of happy that I finished it. But honestly, I'm never going to play this game again. So, Wait a minute. Are we going to spend another couple hours talking about the second quest? What the fuck? I thought we were supposed to do that, Keith. That, that you know, um, yeah. After you beat the game, a whole quote-unquote second quest starts. A, a new game plus, so to speak. Although you don't have any of the items or heart containers. Uh, you, you start out from zero again. And basically what? It, the dungeons are remixed and yep. is the overworld remixed too? Well, I mean, where locations of some things are, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, even though that doesn't... And enemies are a little bit harder. Yeah, okay. And, and also the, the dungeons are, they spell out Zelda. The, the, yes. The map spelled out Zelda. It's almost been three hours. <laughs> We've been recording for three hours. That's because this is a great fucking game. <sighs> sure. There's a lot of people that like this game. There's going to be a lot of people that would be like, dude, what the hell? How could you not recommend <laughs> Zelda? See, and that's why, that's why the more episodes you have me on... And then you get the and then you get the hate mail against you. You're gonna eventually get people are gonna be like, you know what, your brother needs to just take over your podcast because he's a lot more reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, why don't you why don't you tell all those people who are who are gonna like all of your all of your takes? Why don't you tell them where they can find more of your takes? Well, more of my hot takes, huh? Um, well, if you want more of my hot takes, including. When I do, you know, you need to put that cat someplace else. Jesus, man. Can you hear him purring? Yes. I've been hearing him purring for like a half an hour. He's literally laying right in front of the mic. <laughs> um, shit. Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I do uh, reviews, uh, beer reviews, and I use a rating system 
And, and let me tell you something. You know why I use that? Because somebody actually suggested that I do it. And I took that suggestion. <laughs> Fuck so, you. Anyway, <laughs> you can find me a uh, potation rotation on YouTube. It's been getting crazy. Um, I, there was, you know, I, I, I upload uh, consistently Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. That's mostly pre-recorded stuff. Um, but in the last week, uh, there's been six videos. Um, there's been two that were imported over from Twitch when I, uh, cause now I'm on Twitch doing stuff on Twitch. I should not be streaming games on Twitch. That's not exactly why I went back to Twitch, but so far I've done it twice in like a few days, but yeah. And then a, uh, I had a special, uh, surprise Sunday episode because there was so much video game and movie and television news in the last week that my head was going to explode if I didn't talk about it. Uh, so I had a little surprise, uh, episode uploaded. I, I saw that. Yes. And in fact, uh, there was another, um, one of the games in there is, uh, an RPG that I'm looking forward to. So I'm surprised. I hope you're surprised for me. Is it, uh, Final Fantasy 16? Uh, no, Crimson Desert. What the fuck? Okay. And, uh, you can find my... You can find my socials on uh, the YouTube page for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is usually where things are happening. So, yeah. And uh, and I need to put a link to my Twitch somewhere because I still really don't have that because that's still brand new. But um, if you go to any of my Twitch videos, which right now there's two of them, uh, literally in description is a link uh, to Twitch, but I just need to put it somewhere more visible so you don't have to click on a video but yeah so there's twitch uh as well so yeah and don't get me started on twitch things have changed in the last four years since i've been on it and i kind of think that amazon really did a fucking number on twitch since they bought it but yeah you can't say blind playthrough anymore (sighs) i'm just going to have to um maybe do like a a podcast vlog episode on my bitching about twitch after just two days back but all right so that's that's where i am that's that's where you can find me now i gotta talk like really fucking quiet i'm nowhere even near my mic um i wonder if it has something to do with the cat being right up on it <clears throat> anyway as always mm-hmm. if if you would like to get a hold of me yeah you can email me at main is everything okay over there <laughs> i think i think one of the dogs is misbehaving <laughs> uh you can email me at mainquestpod at gmail.com i'm very active on instagram uh, i'm quicker to reply there if you shoot me a dm over at the main quest on insta and of course while you're there having a nice little visit maybe give the show a follow uh you're probably button mashing all day anyway may as well mash that follow button too i post the schedule there and speaking of which the last episode of december airs on the 26th which is a saturday so you know talking about releasing episodes on weird days uh that will be coming out on on a saturday uh but the audio version uh will be coming out on the following monday so oh i guess i should talk about what's going on on saturday right (laughs) yeah just kind of said the audio version comes out yeah i'm doing i'm doing that episode live on instagram and of course it's 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 an episode on tetris 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 
Tetris, you ask? Probably. No. Tetris? No. No. What's to know about Tetris, right? Like, it's Tetris. You'd actually be really fucking surprised. Um, I'm recording all of that on Instagram, and I'll even be playing Tetris as I record. I've even, I've been practicing. I've been playing a shit ton of Tetris. Um, So it's even more of a reason for you to get your sweet peach over there and follow the show. But uh, before all of that, uh, there is a SideQuest episode premiering this Thursday. It's an episode containing outtakes of me uh, butchering director, designer, and composer names of all the hardworking people that have worked on all of the games that I've covered so far. Well, some of them, some of them at least. Uh, It's, I don't know, it's funny. I think I had a good time putting it together. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy it too. So um, until then. Thank you guys uh, so much for all of your comments, inputs, inputs, input, and suggestions. And of course, uh, thank you guys for listening. It's fucking great. Uh, I hope to see you guys on the 26th for Tetris. Bless you. Until then. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, the cat sneeze? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I didn't sneeze? What? <laughs> Uh, so until then, uh, take care. I will see you guys later. Keep it right and keep it tight. <laughs> oh, uh, hashtag fuck Nintendo. I'm ending that on every, every Nintendo episode. Wait, what? <laughs> fuck Nintendo. No, no. Fucker, I didn't even get to say goodbye. I said keep it right and keep it tight. And then put your pew, pew, pew. <laughs> intruder alert or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Bye.